this Friday. Your favorite emotions are back on the big screen in Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. It's time to greet your Team Riley. It's anger. Let me at him. Fear. Safety checklist is complete. Disgust. Ew, ew. Ugh. Sadness is in the house. Oh, no. Hello, I'm anxiety. I'm one of Riley's new emotions. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. There's a part two? We're going. Ready PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only theaters Friday. Get tickets now. Boardwalk Audio Podcast. Hey, listeners, thanks for checking out You Should Love Wrestling. And today, Joey, Steven, and I have got the You Should Love Wrestling pre show. Woo! Yeah. This is a pre show, right? I think that's what this is. It's a seven-hour pre-show. Yeah, it's the, it's the two-hour pre-show to the, to the six-hour You Should Love Wrestling <laughs> episode that we've got for you. And yeah. at the end of it, somebody's going to retire. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Loser leaves the podcast. <laughs> Wait, there are winners and losers in our podcast? <laughs> yeah, I've been winning every week. Yeah, that's true. Um, okay, yeah, I'm honestly really excited about this episode. We've got WrestleMania 4. That's uh, an episode where we basically take uh, we take match requests from you guys. We show them to Steven. I think we got some really great stuff this uh, this episode. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, it's a good one coming up. But uh, in the meantime, we have to talk about something that happened, and we, and we already notified everybody on our Facebook. We have to say uh-huh. it again. CBS Sports stole our fucking bit. Yeah, what the hell? So CBS Sports ended up putting up a video clip of wrestlers from WWE reading Goodnight Moon, something that we very specifically did back in like the middle of February when we had our friend Gene Augusto on the show. And he read it as Macho Man Randy Savage. It's the same thing. Yeah, I mean, usually like we're all writers. Sometimes like there are there's such a thing as like. It's like simultaneous inspiration where like you both kind of get the same idea from the same source material. Yeah, it happens. You know that sometimes that just happens. But in this situation, that's not the case. CBS Sports, we're coming for you. (laughs) If something is like popular in the zeitgeist, I agree, too. It's like everybody's going to do a Fast and the Furious uh, parody thing right now. But but like, I don't know, just to pick Goodnight Moon out of the blue, like that didn't come up in our episode for any reason, like in pop culture, did it? We, We just randomly did it. Yeah, oh, no, it was, I, I think that it was referenced at some point in the episode, and then we just decided, like, let's record a bonus episode where Gene Augusto, just as the Macho Man, reads Goodnight Moon. Right, That'll right. be fun. Yeah. Um, yeah, and, like, honestly, like, we're a fairly well-listened-to podcast. It would not surprise me if, uh, you know, maybe some of the listeners of this site are also CBS Sports people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's it. So anyway, we demand we demand to be made right, made whole. So I think CBS Sports, you owe us mm, five Millions. million dollars. I mean, what I was going to say is like CBS, you owe us, uh, you owe us a title match. I mean, we got to <laughs> the way we got to do this is like you know, I mean, unsanctioned rules because like what you know, what group is going to approve like this match? But mm-hmm. get sure. uh, get three of your. Uh, biggest and toughest social media producers mm-hmm, mm-hmm. to face off against me, Nick, and Steven. And they and better like, be beefy because we're huge guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm yeah. seven feet tall. So, like, uh, you know, six man street fight, yep, and the yep. winner gets to uh, use the well, premise of wrestlers reading nursery rhymes no i think they have to retire we already just said like loser oh. retire so if they if they lose this three-way match thing uh they're out of commentary on wrestling forever and we get all their listeners <laughs> it's a street fight but it's also a good night moon on a pole match so yeah we're gonna- uh 
Oh, so Russo's booking. So Vince Russo is booking this, is what you're telling me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bro, seriously, Vince Ru- Vince Russo's in the news. He thinks that everybody who who likes what, what did he say? I don't know. Vince Russo. He said that every 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 fan. Oh, every fan who follows wrestlers who follows like a wrestler on Twitter or follows their social media or Instagram has to be gay. That's Vince. That's that's just, Vince Russo's new controversy. He's back in the news, baby. Was, that's the rules. You have um, to be gay. Just, the, uh, there is something wrong with you, bro. And there's, uh, there's actually this is. Uh, I mean, Stephen might not know this. There's actually a. Uh, I think that where that came from is there's a controversy in the wrestling world right now of. Um, uh, Mauro Ronaldo, he's a very good WWE announcer, uh, and we've actually former got a, now. Yeah, we've actually got a uh, you know we've got him in the studio right now, and what does he usually say, Nick? Mauro Ronaldo's here. Yeah, we've got him here, and he definitely has a thing that he says. Oh, hey, Mauro, have... say say that thing. Do the catchphrase. Oh, it's, it's the WWE gag order. He can't say anything. Uh, Nick, just do the pitch. He's not allowed to say it. <laughs> Guys, I just don't. AJ Styles with the Nushi Garoshi. Um, but uh, Mauro now he's a he's a, a very he's very much an advocate of mental health. He's yep. diagnosed with bipolar disorder. And uh, John Bradshaw, I feel JBL fellow announcer has basically like he's been kind of accused of bullying Mauro. Like, and it's it's something that like a lot of people have accused JBL of doing. And um, Mauro basically just said, like, I'm just not going to be a part of this if, <laughs> yeah. like, this guy is going to, like, treat me like this. And um, the fans are definitely, like, taking Mauro's side. And, like, I think there was, like, a fire JBL chant at, like... There's been a lot of outcry. Yeah, and it's, like... But, like, the WWE's reaction to that isn't to, like, reprimand JBL. It's to send a gag order to Mauro to mm-hmm. stop talking bad stuff about JBL. And Mauro's not even really saying anything bad. It's just, like... No. That's what the rumor is. And JBL's gotten to the point of he's blocking on Twitter anybody that both follows him and Morrow. Yeah, it's a weird it's a weird situation. I guess JBL's had a history of this for some time and he's fucked with a lot of people over the years, which I mean isn't surprising. And he's boys with Vince McMahon, so I guess I don't know. He, yeah, um, there's no there's probably not going to be any repercussions towards him. Yeah, but like I mean, the rumor is, is that Morrow will probably return to NXT and he'll continue to commentate and like Morrow's leaving this looking like a million bucks. Huh. You think Morrow would go go to come back to WWE and go to NXT? You think so? No, I'm not NXT. Sorry, uh, NJPW. I mean, um, oh yeah, I was gonna say. Oh my god, yeah, yeah. No, there, there's there's a he was already uh, he was already on an MMA a, a Ryzen fight last night two nights ago. Oh, so he's out. It? He's out there. He's allowed to work. He just he he can't say, he can't. I don't think he could do anything for professional wrestling, and he can't say anything about WWE until his contract's over in like August. Yeah. So God, um, I hope I get some kind of gag order like that where I can't talk about professional wrestling anymore. Let's hope. <laughs> uh, then all of a sudden, our new podcast, You Should Love Golf, will be doing very well. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, so, uh, you should you know, love that's fishing. The um, there's also the uh, the Shibata story in the news. Uh, Katsuhiro Shibata, he um, apparently is going to have to retire. He had um, a saying. match at um, NJPW Dominion, right? Uh, it was uh, Sakura Genesis. The, oh, the Sakura road. Genesis. Sakura Sorry Genesis. about that. Yeah, NJPW Sakura Genesis. He um, uh, Shibata. Who um, Nick? You, you've seen or uh, Steven, You've seen Shibata wrestle. Um, like uh, he had a match against Takata for the NJP or for the IGWP title. And um, Shibata is known as a guy that wrestles very stiff. He 
um, headbutted oh, yeah. Okada so hard that he got a serious like brain injury. Great, um, always a good choice. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, bad. yeah. Steven, I was actually gonna send you the clip just so you can watch it. Oh, can't wait. Uh, yeah, can't wait to watch some man get headbutt to brain injury. Down. Yeah, I put it in our chat yeah. here. You're gonna, it, it's it's intense. Oh man, this is great. Uh, well, in the meantime, while I watch this horrible uh, headbutt that's coming, oh, they, look at these faces. Uh, Japanese wrestling's hilarious. We got to oh, watch more it. of did this. You, did you put it on? Did you put it on? It, it is on. Okay. And I saw the headbutt. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Uh, he just bashes him in the head oh, and legit blood come, just starts streaming down his face. This is uh this isn't fun. This and Shibata fun. works stiff like this all the time. I mean, he's really, really crazy. And yeah, there, there's a very good chance that he could. He, apparently, he got like a brain injury, and this could be the end of his career. Like he collapsed after this match. Great. Yeah, like he's still in the hospital, and this was like a week ago. Uh, we're really doing it, guys. <laughs> yeah, we're doing um, it. Wrestling. So, is the best. do you think wrestling is fake, Stephen? <laughs> now, do you like it? <laughs> uh, I feel about the same. Oh, oh, Damn. you know what? I okay, wait. Uh, so I watched our favorite wrestler just this Thursday, Dwayne the Rock Johnson in the new Fate of the Furious movie. Oh, okay. I'm actually I'm going to see that after this. Greatest movie of all time. Okay, right. great. <laughs> but I realized, actually, I just realized, Joey, we had such a long conversation about like The Rock and Vin Diesel wrestling at WrestleMania and how that will be a big deal and they'll have effectively worked the world if it happens and so many more people will watch WrestleMania. And that, that was the rumor. Happen, right? Uh, it didn't happen, but that was that was the rumor. Like, I still think that that might have been in the works. Yeah. Yeah, I, it's it's tough to figure out. Like at first, I thought we were all getting worked, and it was going to be a match. But now, I I don't know. I think you guys got worked. It didn't maybe. Happen. Well, they might. Well, I think it did happen. I think they're just really mad at each other for real. Yeah. Well, well ah, I don't know. I, I heard that that turned out to be like Scott Eastwood was a a dick or something. And oh, I don't, I don't know. Are you following all that all that backstage Fast and Furious news? Uh, you know I'm always on those fast in the fast in the forums. Isn't yeah, it? you're on the yeah. Scott Eastwood forums. <laughs> it's the best but, ones. Um, My yeah, dad talked to a chair. Um, but in addition to that, uh, like there was an episode of NXT this week, which is very good. They're re- you know they're essentially relaunching the whole product, and it's looking great. I thought it looked awesome. Yeah, like this episode hmm. of NXT, like Alistair Black doing a great squash match. Um, yep. It really feels like this is like. A return to Golden Age NXT. Like, yeah, I feel it felt like they were fresh. Yeah, and kind of like a wrestling show again, which was nice. Yeah. Well, I think that's about all in the news. We got a review that we got to read. Steven, you want to read off that wonderful review that we got on iTunes? A five star yeah. review. Uh, five stars. Uh, we got uh, from Big Bold Ten Twenty Three. Headline: Funny uh, review. <laughs> Just started listening. And it's funny. Yay! Oh. I can't, can't disagree with that. Yeah, Big Bold 1023. Uh, you're Big Bold number one for me. Yeah, hell yeah. I like that he makes Big Bold statements. Like, he really went with a deep proclamation. He, he dug down deep and figured out everything, the core of the show. And he was like, it's funny. And I think it's funny. I'm like, good for I you, I love man. it. Right I appreciate that. <laughs> Uh, so we always appreciate those five-star reviews. If you have the chance, you're listening right now, uh, yep. go to iTunes. Give us some sweet five-star review. We're going to read them. Uh, and we, it always helps us with uh, the iTunes rankings. Let's every everybody else out there discover the show. 
Yeah, please keep listening. Yeah. Thank you. And, and please yeah. keep thinking that we're funny. Please keep thinking it. And if you're with CBS Sports, uh, I don't know. Keep listening. Just don't take our ideas. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'd be interested to see if they uh, if next week they, they ask all WWE wrestlers, hey, do your best impression of kid in a bag. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah, like CBS Sports just starts a recurring like pocket Ted Cruz bit. Yeah, yeah. what the hell? That'll be very suspicious when that happens. Uh-huh, for sure. Um, and as always, uh, you can find us on Twitter at YSLW Podcast. You can find us at Facebook. You should uh-huh. love wrestling. Uh, we always like chatting with people. We've been doing that a lot the last couple of weeks. And uh, you can always shoot us an email. You should love wrestling at gmail.com. Yeah, please do. Those are all the things that are true. Well, uh, I guess that's it for the recap this week. I guess it's time to head into Requestlemania 4. Requestlemania 4. Here it comes. Thanks for listening, guys. Hi. I'm Chad Westbrook. And I'm Nicholas Wagoner. And are you a fan of RuPaul's Drag Race? You should be. You very much should be. Come listen and subscribe to our podcast, How Is She Though? Where we recap every episode of RuPaul's Drag Race. Come and get your daily dose of vitamin gay, honey. Oh, cr- oh, cr- I'm Joey. I love wrestling. I'm Nick. I love wrestling. You're the fans, and you love wrestling. <laughs> I'm Steven, and I love the fans, but I hate the wrestling. <laughs> you Should Love Wrestling is a show where we try to convince Steven that he should love wrestling. You should love wrestling, WWE, because I love wrestling. A lot of loving from me. We on the podcast, Joey, Cliff, Nick, and Steven, but Steven ain't wrestling. Gotta make him a believer. I'm all hoping that I love Rick Blair, The Undertaker, Tombstone on the chair. So tune in every week, because we got a new guest. You should love wrestling, because it's the best, yes. Whenever you shop on Amazon, you could support our show by going to boardwalkaudio.com forward slash you should love wrestling. Click the support our artists button and then shop on amazon.com like you normally would, baby. I just yeah. did that by buying lip balm. You guys could do it too. Ooh, oh, what kind of lip balm you buy? Um, uh, Nivea. Nivea. I, mm. Okay, I just had a very a very good life accomplishment recently in that I was able to successfully use a full tube of chapstick without losing it. Holy shit, that yeah. is actually a hard thing. To, I've never done that. Yeah, they um, always end up in the dryer. <laughs> yeah, just always in the dryer. Yeah, like, just like my shirts are covered in chapstick. Oh, yeah. I've done. I have done that like once, but yeah. you, you never get to the bottom of. Them? I don't think I ever have. I don't use it frequently. Oh, I, it's I, I only yeah. If it's like I have chapped lips, and then I'm like, oh, let me just your do lips a are just constantly so, chapped. Yeah. Pocket, so. Who Burt's Here's Bees? The thing. It actually is that it pomegranate came, it came. No, it's just the regular one, mm. but it came like out, and it's like in the cap. And oh, I keep no. forgetting to buy a new one, so I'm just kind of like using it out of the cap. Well, right Nick, now. you could go to boardwalkaudio.com for it slash you should love wrestling. Click the support our artist button, and then get yourself some new Burt's Bees. Uh, like I normally would. Yeah, like yeah, you like you normally would. would. Yeah. Great. yeah. Um, for me, the, just you know, for those of you listening at home, a uh, little tip: uh, keep the chapstick like at a place in your room and that you don't normally move it from. Mm-hmm. Like, don't take it in your pocket places, no. and just make it like a morning ritual. Where like before you go out, you know, maybe you're taking a night on the town with the bros. Just like put on a little bit of chapstick and then put it back. Night on the town with, with bros. your bros. Chapstick night with bros. I love yeah. it. Uh, okay, great. So this is Requestlemania 4, our fan request series on You Should Love Wrestling. Right. A lot of you have been tweeting, emailing, and Facebooking us about matches and clips that you want Steven to watch. So we dug through the mailbag and put together some of our favorites for this episode. Yeah. yeah. Thank you, everybody, for sending it. We get a ton of them. We get so many. They're all really great, and it's impossible to go through them. Still keep sending them. We try to pick the best ones every time. Yeah. Well, well Steven, yeah. you mean they're all really great in that we're getting responses. They're not yeah. all really great in that they're clips of wrestling. Oh, 
No, no, no. I mean, I'm mad that they're wrestling. Yeah, you're also somebody... <laughs> monsters, according to Stephen Pearlstein. Oh, well, and like, I, I love it. There's so many. I mean, uh, if you listen to WrestleMania 3 yet, like the Kota Bushi versus Cedric Alexander match, just for whatever reason, none of our guests have suggested it. But like you guys did, and we got Steven to watch it, and yeah. he loved it. <laughs> He's a huge fan. Yeah. Uh, what's happening? We were just talking about we were just talking about Kota Bush, and he's like, "Who is that again?" Yeah. No, I, I a, just didn't I remember a sweet his golden, golden triangle. I made a golden triangle moonsault reference. Moonsault. Yep. And yeah. uh, Steven was like, "Who? What?" I bet it was. You've awesome. seen Kota Bushi wrestle live. You've uh, seen him do the Golden Triangle live. Wow! I'm, I was eating popcorn. I was busy. Uh, great. Uh, <laughs> you can listen to that in our NXT Hollywood episode. That's right. Yeah. So uh, first, Antonio Garza emailed us via you should love wrestling at gmail.com to request Ignite Philly sixteen Mike Quackenbush the Art of Pro Wrestling. In Antonio's email, he wrote. I was just going over WrestleMania 2 and going over the conversation about wrestling isn't wrestling and everything that came out of it. I figured this presentation from Mike Quackenbush is on the same par, but with Quack's awesome promo skills. Thanks so much for sending that in, Antonio. Uh, Let's go to a clip of it. So why? Why is professional wrestling so misunderstood? Why is there such a stigma associated with being a pro wrestling fan? I think it is because for years, wrestling was stuck in this closeted cycle of self-loathing, because we are not legitimate sport. I'm sorry, Adam. We're not. But we masquerade as that, in the same way that the Harlem Globetrotters masquerade as competitive basketball. Pro wrestling is performance art, and the flavor of wrestling I like best is akin to a comic book come to life. It is colorful costumes. It is superhuman feats of strength and agility. It's heroes and villains. It's comedy and tragedy and larger-than-life characters. Yes, yeah, so that was Chikara's own Mike Quackenbush. Mike Quackenbush, who follows Nick and I on Twitter. He that that's a that's a real that's thing. A shoot? Mike, that's a shoot, Stephen. Mike Quackenbush recently started following uh, Joey and myself, and I think the podcast. Okay. Maybe just not you. I don't know. We just you know, happen to honestly. Can I tell you something? I I saw the name Mike Quackenbush, and I thought that was the guy who suggested it. And I thought Mike Quackenbush was some guy who's on a sketch team at IO or something. <laughs> I've heard that name so many times from you guys. I was yeah. like, oh, Mike Quackenbush just, just must be some fucking IO guy. It well, sounds like such uh, a comedian. Mike, name. Come on the show. We'd love to have you. Yeah. Mike yeah, Mike, uh, he's a he's like a legendary uh, kind of indie wrestler. He was Absolutely. recently uh, recently, uh, I guess, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, given validation by WWE and that they brought him in for a week to essentially coach a lot of up and coming wrestlers. Correct. Mm-hmm. He's a great promo. He's a great wrestler. He you know founded Chikara. He runs a wrestling school called the Wrestle Factory. Mm-hmm. And he's also a dude that's just passionate about professional wrestling. And I think that that 100 percent came out in this promo. Um, I'd personally never seen this before, but like I think that what he described is like wrestling is comic books except superman can give you a high five or batman can get thrown into your lap to yeah be i totally, remember you saying that to yeah. be totally honest mike quackenbush gave sort of the quintessential version of what we bring people on to do every single time on the yeah. show i mean yeah. it was really the this. quintessential textbook version of that now that said i'm sure steven will have plenty of terrible things to say about it not personally to mike quackenbush but because he hates yeah i do hate wrestling uh and this it was interesting because i feel like he he did a good job of distilling down uh, correct me if i'm wrong but like the general points of why people like wrestling yeah is there anything in it that you feel like he missed quackenbush missed of like oh but there's also like this huge part of it that this is why i like it 
I guess I don't recall anything being omitted, do you, Joey? I mean, but I'm sure we could find more things to add. I'm sure I there's mean, more to add, but yeah. I'm just curious if, like, in broad, fairly broad strokes, if um, that's it. I think that there there are things that he mentioned in there that, like, maybe I would, like, I would have, if I was in a similar situation, spent a little bit more time on. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that he mentioned that, like, there's just the joy of watching a man achieve his goals, mm-hmm. or, like, a woman achieve her goals. Yeah. Um, and it's something that we've talked about that I personally love about professional wrestling is, like, just the idea that... Uh, if you work at it hard enough and you sleep in a car every day for 10 years and like spend, you know, 10 hours a day training to be a wrestler, there's like a yep. world where you can be the best wrestler. And it's fun to fun and not just fun, but like emotionally gratifying to watch somebody go through that journey. One thing that he uh, what, there's things that people bring in all the time. We get a lot of the same like comparisons and, and philosophies and things that people say where it's like compare it to a Marvel movie. It's performance art. It's got the best of sports, but it's performance. Uh, it, it's people achieving their goals. It's pure entertainment. The one thing that people, uh, a term that I, a lot of our guests have brought in that he did not mention that I've always liked is people also call it, they find to be the most purest form these days of theater in the round, mm-hmm. which I think is something that I've always appreciated that yeah. comparison to. That's oh, interesting. Yeah. One that Stephen, well, again, probably highly disagrees with, and I believe you have. Mm-hmm. Show. I have, yeah. <laughs> well, WWE, they're like, they're sort of, they're trained to wrestle to the hard cam. Yeah. So it's yeah. like wrestle to the TV audience. But yeah. like any indie show, and it's like, no, you're like, you're wrestling so that the guy in the back row who's sitting behind you can appreciate that you just super kicked somebody's teeth in. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. Well, okay, so let me go through this, and I, I, I this is it, like... <laughs> he he makes all these points about what he likes about it. You know, he says it's obviously not a legitimate sport, and I think we can all kind of agree with that. He says that, you know, he's like, he likes the colorful costumes, and it's like, that's not a selling point for me, and it, it's just, or it's just not enough. But he's a guy that Chikara is very comic book, so he's, yeah. a, he's a guy that clearly loves superheroes and views himself as a superhero. Was that like Jigsaw Chikara? Was that Jigsaw? Yeah, Jigsaw. And, I, think uh, we, I think we've watched one Chikara match. I want to say it was like a Kota Ibushi yeah, Jigsaw like El Generico. I believe uh, that's right. I forget who the fourth guy was, but like a four-way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like uh, like but yeah, I mean, something. I get that that's a thing. That's fine. He, they say, he says it's a super human feats of strength and agility. But I feel like personally, there's a lot of risk involved in it that like kind of bums me out. And then truthfully, mm-hmm. once you see like jackass one and two and then like a world's strongest man competition or like that you're like yeah i get it like you're not you're not beating it you're not doing more than that personally that's how i feel about it he said uh, that he said that it's like comedy i'm like it's not that funny it's the worst I'm comedy gonna, i've ever seen I'm gonna, I'm if gonna, it's tragedy it's poorly acted and if it's an emotional journey they're far too long the stories never end and it takes forever it takes years and years for you to get to these emotional journeys and that's something i'm not willing to invest in my storytelling and if it's achievements if you're seeing a and achieve their dreams it's too much work to see if people are achieving their dreams or not because roman reigns has won he's achieved something and i don't think anybody fucking cares that roman you reigns wins underdog roman reigns <laughs> well, nobody cares that he wins Consummate but the people underdog? but the people who we do care about that they win i have to do a lot of work on their backstory to find out are they the people who like wrestled and spent their whole life doing this okay. or are they some fucking football guy who doesn't give a shit about it that's the work i have to do to figure out if somebody likes it where i could just go watch another real sport where people are obviously 
ceaselessly working at it and it takes years and decades to get good at that's the thing he calls it an escapist experience i think it's an escape to like boring savagery i don't think it escapes to anything that's good the stories aren't aren't that compelling the escaping element of it is honestly it just feels like what it feels like a fucking high school locker room fantasy. He's like, look at me. I'm fucking tough. And like, I got ladies who like me. And like, I don't like foreigners. Like, it's so stupid. I, I hate your, all your of it. The thing of I'm the best is the thing you don't like about wrestling. You hate, mm-hmm. you don't care who's the best. I don't, I, I think the, the relentless pursuit of, I got to prove that I'm the best is stupid. Uh, I think that like, pr- they all say that and it's stupid. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, you're, you're not all the best and you should know that. And I think there's a lot more uh, subtlety and nuance to pursue suit in life yeah fair enough yeah um i'm gonna gonna go back to uh something you were saying earlier yeah um you said i believe that uh okay so what was the what was the second thing that you said Uh, superhuman feats of strength superhuman feats of strength okay you're you're referencing jackass yeah um did you see uh any of the uh the cky movies with plot CK, CKY uh, movies. Yeah. CK, they had plots? CKY was, yeah, I remember. It was Jackass yeah. before, yeah. before Jackass, but they also made CKY videos like after Jackass. Yeah. It's basically like, like Haggard and shit like that? Yeah, Haggard, specifically yeah. what I'm talking about. No, I never watched it. I saw some CKY, but not a ton. Not okay, so um, Haggard, it was a movie with a, a narrative that Bam Margera made mm-hmm. that it was all the CKY guys, and there were definitely like stunts interwoven throughout it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But there was like a plot that it was driving toward. Yeah. And like, I didn't love it, but I, I think, either. but I think I appreciated it on a level greater than what I appreciate Jackass. They're trying to make it like an arty skate video sort of Jackass type movie. It's like mm-hmm. Jackass right. with a plot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, and I guess that like that's if you look at professional wrestling as like a series of disconnected like. Oh, that guy jumped off that thing. Oh, that guy like just bled. Like then, of course, you're going to think of it as garbage. But if you look at it as like the narrative that's weaving through it, why is that guy doing that suplex to that guy? Why is it so amazing that Angelico just dove off of that balcony in order to save his uh, the the man who's currently dating his ex girlfriend, who he's in a trios team with that he was put <laughs> on right. as a means of punishment? He's like saving who should be his mortal enemy for the greater good of teamwork and like friendship and just like mutual respect and stuff like that like to some people angelico's jump is like a balcony dive it's just like a cool stunt Mm -hmm. to other people it's like there's like tear inducing emotion that brought him that brought him to risking his body to do that yeah yeah it takes a hell of a dive yeah i mean that's fair you guys have said this before it's like um you know think about why he does that that (laughs) ring dive or whatever the fuck it is uh but like I don't know. And the way you're, you said, like, if you consumed it like one match at a time and like one spot at a time, like, frankly, that's how it's consumed by me. OK, so um, specifically, with, why he specifically with that Angelico thing. I don't know what that is. We didn't watch that, did we? Uh, we haven't watched that yet. OK, but great. Um, we could actually uh, I mean, this is yep, we far, don't call an audible. Yeah, we, we could. Call uh, audible yet. Yeah, we'll watch that match at some future. <laughs> WrestleMania. Yeah, all right. We'll um, OK, you see the Steven. So I've never seen that full match. I would love to see that match. I just I just haven't sat down and take the time to do it i've seen the gif of the dive which is very 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 impressive and like i think you know the commentator screaming about it or something like that and it's like at face level it's just an impressive move but i just like looked at the r squared circle like comment section yep and just saw like a couple sentence description of why that dive is important yeah and like it may you know that that wasn't hours or years of work that was just like 
three sentences that were like, this is why I cried watching this. Well, again, that's the same thing I'm saying. Like, I have to do more work to find the truth or the impressive thing behind it. It's like watching a movie and then they didn't explain. Of it up, he just dives right off the damn stage into the ring, like way off. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's big. Yeah, yeah. It's a long, yeah, that one more long yeah, yeah. jump. Okay. Way off of there. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah. That's crazy. And he was um, doing that to like protect his. To protect somebody who had a very complicated friendship with. Sure. I mean, again, I get what you're saying, but that's the talk you're saying like, oh, I had to go look at the comments and it didn't take a long time. But if it was a movie that made you do that, where you had to go like look up why a thing happened in a movie or why a thing was significant, you'd be like, that's stupid. It should uh, be in the medium. Just about every movie I watch, I look at the Wikipedia page afterwards. Really? Yeah. I usually do that. Wait, 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 for what? Um, Really? Just like any sort of details that I might have missed? Um, like uh, Mad okay. Max Fury Road, I loved it. For a day or two afterwards, I was just looking at message boards and reading, like, okay, what did this mean? Why is the why was this thing significant? Like, just I'm somebody that likes a deep dive into information to give me a greater appreciation. Generally, that's not a had to for to understand the story. That's a choose to to see if there's more. But it's like I watched. I mean, like that the the Angelico uh, balcony dive. Uh-huh. I appreciate that just as a gif as a you know you watched yeah. it and we're like holy shit that's a far dive yeah so on some level that elicited some emotional reaction of be it just being impressed by it if i'm watching so like, like if yeah. i'm watching so like Raw you were smackdown so, so you liked it you liked that dive or at least didn't hate it or at least it i saw it, that it's a big jump yeah. yes, it's nothing it's nothing but no it's, no, 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 well, but no it's literally nothing but you it's said a mo- it's a moment said, of wow nothing. that's far yeah it, that's it, far it, yeah. it gave you just the slightest wow yeah but something it, was impressive but like joe but oh, fuck i and mean like, i can't but, explain but like so that's something you were, so like i appreciated mad max fury road as a like you know it just similar to that dive where it's just like flashing colors and lights and explosions and all these weird characters doing weird stuff yeah and like you know i appreciated the emotional storyline of furiosa and etc but like i i like it basically took me to a level of like wow to oh there's a deeper level that i appreciate this like going into the lore and learning like the amount of work that frank miller put into just every character's backstory yeah mm-hmm. like that like aren't publicly available it's just actor he told this actor like okay the deal with the doof warrior is you wear your mother's face uh-huh. um because the, because she raised you and then uh like the main the I forget his name um the main guy in mad max like killed her you but then george saved miller. you yeah george, george miller. miller yeah yeah killed her but saved you and like you wear her face Partly because you're horribly disfigured and blind and partly to honor her memory. Sure. That's something that I'm not going to pick up from watching the movie. But like just that little deeper dive uh, increased my appreciation of it. You made mm-hmm. a look that was mm-hmm. definitely confusion and... Yeah. yeah well, that, that doesn't that doesn't explain... Uh, yeah. I still... My, my point still stands is that you have to do more work than you need to do to understand wrestling. My point doesn't... Is but I'm just saying that no I do that. It's not just wrestling. I do that for other mediums. Yeah. But you're not... But you're not saying you don't fundamentally understand what's happening or why a thing's happening because when you're watching a movie. Like if you watched... You know, if you... I don't know. I'm just trying to think of like a movie that's just been out recently. If you watch 20th, 20th century women and you were like well i don't really know why uh there you know uh l fan l fanning has such a weird relationship in it and like if you didn't know that walking away from it you'd be like 
oh, this is like confusing. But you do know because it's in there because they talk about her relationship with the mother and how it kind of reflects on this other stuff. So you know what's happening. And if you didn't know that, you'd say it's bad or you'd be like wandering and there'd be no answer and that'd be upsetting. So what I'm saying in the medium that I am consuming, there is no answers. There's just there's a lot of times there's like, well, you had to watch it way back when. And I didn't. I didn't watch it all. I have watched, to watch it all. Going back to that, that Angelico clip that you just saw, you were impressed by that. And then I just explained to you why. You no, should, like, no, I'm not impressed. It's just I said, wow, that's a far jump. Like, yeah. it's the same. It's the same type of thing that like when we were kids, we I remember we used to jump off the stairs. I had a stairs in my house. We yeah, used to too. jump off yeah, I did that too. from three to four to five to six from all the way over the balcony. Like, I remember yeah. doing that. And I was like, oh, it's going to hurt. This is crazy. And then I was like, and everyone's like, oh, wow, that was like a thing. And it doesn't matter. Like, it's not a big deal. We you all were, you were still impressed by it. It still elicited an emotional response. But it's a moment. But it's such a minor little emotional response. It's like nothing. It's it's. It's like it's like saying but, there's artistry in a jump scare. It's like, I mean, kind of, but also not really because it's so fucking but, nothing. But to me, well, I feel like I feel like that. I guess maybe we're mincing words a little bit. I think we talked about that on Jason Wayne, the Jason Wayne Christian first episode of mm-hmm. like the concept of what art is. Yeah. Where it's like to me, like art isn't something that causes a physical response. A jump scare is a physical response. Yeah. Like a jump scare and then feeling a level of dread about the level of the scare is an emotional response. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I like guess dread is an emotion. Ah, isn't an emotion. Okay. So yeah, but I mean, I would say that that's what that is, is there's a little bit of like, Oh no, is he going to be okay? It's not emotional. It's a, it's a, it's like, a, it's physical. It's, I mean, it's, it's a very fine but line like, that you're walking, but it's not like, I'm like, wow, so cool. Amazing. It's just like, Oh, oh that's a jump. That's a far jump. <laughs> yeah. But that to me is like, uh, maybe it's just how my brain works and how I consume media. But to me, that wow, that's like a the slightest fingernail making a divot that if I really want to dive deep can turn into a valley of interest. Mm. Hey, I just don't want to be bored. Yeah, I just want to be immersed. And, and, you know, whether something is a slow burn or whether something is crazy, like, look at all this crazy shit blowing up. I, I just want to be I- immersed and care. Mm. So, I don't know. I just want to be entertained. Yeah. So, uh, reasonable. I don't know. Uh, other thoughts on the Quackenbush clip? Um, I thought, I mean, I don't know. He's a guy that clearly loves wrestling. I thought that Absolutely. like that definitely showed in the clip. And he's a guy that, like, I think he explained well why I love it. Yeah, I thought so. I, I liked I liked what he said. Yeah, I mean, he did a good job of distilling down what we've been doing on this podcast for infinite number of episodes, <laughs> it seems like. Uh, and I still fundamentally disagree. Yeah, I, I, and I believe that. I feel like you were like, yeah, I hear it. It makes sense. Um, it's sound. You have every right to. I just uh, disagree. That's you probably your... disagree yeah, with I get everything. It. I get it. I mean, you disagree that wrestling allows you to essentially interact with fictional characters. Um, I guess that, like, the... Fi- I, well... I'm not okay. So, does it do that? Sure, like high fiving Superman. You know, yeah. No, you're not high fiving Superman. You're, you're to children. <laughs> to children, you are. Yeah. To, yeah. So yeah. I don't to, even think you're discounting what he's saying. You just don't have the same. I don't care feeling. about that. You that doesn't. It, Stone Cold Steve Austin is not Superman. Uh, he never will be. If you're a child, he is. No, if you're a child who has been brought up to love wrestling because somebody's like made them watch it or whatever, then yes, he is. But he is not to everybody. He's not to every. No child. one brought me up to love wrestling. I, but, I just happened across it. Yeah. And to me. That's the fine. macho man might as well have been super. But you're but you're making a blanket statement saying that they're all they're all you're children. Also making a blanket for statement. all children. <laughs> so he is uh, Superman. You're he's also not. you're also making a blanket statement to all children. He's not Superman. 
He's not. You're saying it's not. It's not just a standard thing. It's not just a thing that you're born with. It's not like you look at Stone Cold Steve Austin and go Superman. That's that's just some guy. I mean, I forget exactly which one, but like you're definitely using a logical fallacy in this argument. Um, Figure like, it out. I'd like to know. Yeah. I'll, I mean, uh, I think you're just taking it so literally. I think what what Joey's saying, which I agree with, is that these larger than life characters, no matter who they are, whether they're Superman or whether they're Stone Cold Steve Austin mm-hmm. or whether they're a fucking uh, cartoon character, or some bullshit, the larger than life characters are something that kids respond to. I mean, I, I get what you're saying. I don't think Joey's literally saying Stone Cold Steve Austin is Clark Kent. Clark I don't think Kent you are is either. Superman. I think what you're saying is you're, you're saying that there's an innate love for it, and there isn't. There not, isn't no, an innate I'm love for there, Stone Cold Steve Austin. I'm not Austin. saying there's an innate love for it. I'm just saying that, like, professional wrestling is the one art form that I can think of, other than the Harlem Globetrotters where he mentioned, where you can actually interact with a larger-than-life character. You're not mm-hmm. going to see, like, Starkiller walking down the street like, you know, uh, Darth Vader is not going to give you a high five after you watch Star Wars. But here's the thing. You can. They're at Disneyland. They're at, they're at Universal Studios. That's I've why people go there. Yeah, so they can meet their heroes. Yeah, yeah. But you're but so and you're also wrong. you're and also you're not seeing you're you're not seeing Darth Vader at the peak of it's like you're not seeing Darth Vader like after he like cuts down all those people at the end of Rogue One. Spoiler. And then he like I mean, you know, I, I'm being very vague with it. Like you're Whoa. not seeing uh him doing that and then he stops like right as he's about to and then he walks off the screen and then gives you a high five and then walks back in and like punches c-3po in the face or whatever uh in wrestling in wrestling you do experience that you experience like you know i mean it's happened to me multiple times at live wrestling events where it's like kota bushi like does like his like you know golden triangle moonsault jumps Mm -hmm, hits mm -hmm. the ground and then like he stands up and then like you pat him on the back and he says, thanks, bro. Or like <laughs> Nick and thanks, I, bro. like Nick and I, we uh, saw Lucha Underground, uh, yeah. Ultima Lucha, I think it was uh, like, uh, like a yeah. couple months ago. Yeah, a few months uh, ago. Rey Mysterio Ray, yeah. had like one of the greatest yeah. like live matches I had ever seen yeah. him in live. Yeah, Rey Mysterio put on an amazing match with Puma that I was impressed about as a fan. Afterwards, he walked past us, walked into like the crowd of people that we were. Mm-hmm. We told him that was a good match, man. And he said, thanks, bro. I guess I can keep up with the young guys. Yeah, like he walking. stopped to like acknowledge and talk to us. Yeah. Yeah. Man. And that's like I was able to watch a hero of mine as a child, like do one of the best matches that I'd seen him wrestle in in like 10 years. A long time. And then I was able to it's like it's like in the movie Spider-Man when like Spider-Man like punches like the Green Goblin and then he walks through and a kid's like, good job, Spider-Man. And he's like, thanks, kid. It's like you're able to live that as a fan of professional wrestling, especially when that goes to live wrestling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's cool. I mean, again, it's just a but you thing said that that you said that you don't believe that that's a thing. You don't believe that kids get that experience when they see. That's Stone not what I said. That is that's what not said. what I fucking said. Joe. I said, said, I said, I said they are. It's not innate that Stone Cold Steve Austin is anybody's Superman. It's not a thing that they just hop in and go like, that's my Superman. Yeah, humans are not it. OK, you're saying humans aren't born with the instinct that to automatically wake up when they're two years old and go Stone that's Cold Steve Austin is Superman. That's also not what I think I said. That's you, not what you're saying. You, you said you said to kids they are Superman. They are heroes. And I'm like, I didn't no. mean that to all. I, I I obviously did not mean that as all children. Yeah, okay, right. that's fine. Like I like you know I meant two kids that care. Yeah, it's like to a you know to a child that doesn't mean 100 percent of children. That just that's means fine. 
like you know because you were making the point that like nobody thinks that stone cold steve austin superman it's not what i said i just don't care i just don't care he's not i, I think he's that is not what you superman said. I think that is a quote he's of not what you superman said. to me I think and i didn't that, say wait what you said that he is not to anybody that's what i said I, I think that that's like basically a quote of what you said that's not all right clearly nobody's listening to anybody in this episode this is truly <laughs> the most insane start we've ever had i can't believe this we need to take a break Hey, it's Josh Simpson and Jake Jabour from The Meat Improv. The Meat Improv is a comedy podcast where we bring on the best comedians in the world to tell meaty stories from their lives, and then they do improv comedy with us. You don't think we're good at improv? Check out this little snippet from Jake Jabour's real life. Hey, where's all my cats? <laughs> he never knows. The Meat Improv. You can listen to it on iTunes or your favorite podcasting app. That's The Meat Improv. Great. So let's uh, let's review that clip. I think. Yeah. Okay. Wow. That's yeah. a that's a that's a that's a I don't know like a one like it's just everything that we've ever said before and um, uh, in a TED talk. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm gonna give it a five. I think that I'm gonna give that five quacks. Mm-hmm. Um, I give it five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that. I mean, I think that in, it could just be coming from different areas. Where uh, to Nick and I, it's uh, eloquently stating from an experienced hand how we feel about professional wrestling. To you, you're somebody that just doesn't agree that wrestling is an art form. So he's pointing. He, I said I went by point by point. Yeah. He just said everything about it that is the thing that I'm like I disagree. He's like you can see comedy there. I'm like that's not that good of comedy. You can see uh, tragedy there. Not that it's, good of not that good of comedy and comedy are two different things. What do you mean? Uh, he's saying that there's comedy there. You're mm-hmm. saying it's not that good of comedy. Right. That's not, those are not mutually exclusive statements. You can have comedy. That's not, not good, good comedy. Right. But why watch it? Why watch something that's bad? Somebody is. Yeah. But why, why would I go watch comedy intentionally? That's bad. Same thing for the drama. He says there's tragedy in it. And I'm like, why would I go watch tragedy? That's poorly executed. That takes a long time to tell that, but not everybody thinks poorly. it's bad. And not everybody thinks it's poorly executed. I, it just, it is. I don't care about game of is. Thrones. That's apparently some damn good fucking drama and tragedy. I don't give a rat fucking shit about that show. I never have, and I mm-hmm. don't. I'm sure it's well done, but I don't care. When you watch so it, so I'm in the same boat with you with with this. I guess. I mean, I don't so fucking care. Something yeah. that we talked about in the Chet Wild episode, which may be already released, who knows? Is um like the you, you use the term that wrestling is like it's like digging through poop hoping for like a gold flake, mm-hmm. and I mm. think that I mean I agree with that on some level, and I think that just like what keeps Nick and I doing it is that we've seen gold flakes before. Yep. Yeah, um, that's like an abusive relationship. Like I, I think I said they made that analogy before too. It's like sometimes it's good. I stick around for the good moments. Yeah, but if you, <laughs> like, but, yeah, but if you left every single television show you've ever liked just because one or two bad episodes happen, like have you like, well, I'm done. I mean, every show, no, every I, show, no. I, I'm okay. not saying that I have yeah. a, a fast abandonment rate, but like, yeah, some things are just bad. And honestly, the the amount, I don't know, I don't know. I haven't watched it in the sequence that you've watched it and the things you've watched it. I'm mm-hmm. sure it's great, but in the sequence that I've watched wrestling and seen it come into me, I'm like, this is terrible. I would want this. I wouldn't. I would stop watching this if I had the opportunity. This is not worth it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. All right. So uh, well, I thought Mike Quackenbush did the best version of everything that everybody yeah. tries to say on the show. I give it a five. Yeah, we I wouldn't have a show if that argument didn't exist. Uh, yeah. Great. So uh, thank you so much, Antonio Garza. Uh, definitely appreciate you shooting us an email. Yeah, thank um, you. Yeah, thanks for sending that, that in. I've 
been meaning to watch that for a while, and this was a good opportunity for me to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, once again, you can shoot us an email at you should love wrestling at gmail.com to uh, suggest matches for future Questlemanias. Um, uh, Nick, you want to take the next one? Moving on. Next, at this Corey Letson tweeted at us on Twitter at YSLW Podcast. Uh, suggestions Brock Lesnar versus John Cena, SummerSlam 2014. Uh, Shawn Michaels versus Hulk Hogan, SummerSlam 05, and Kurt Angle versus Shane O'Mac. I believe he probably meant like King of the Ring. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we have already showed Stephen HBK versus Shawn Michael or uh, HBK versus Hogan. He's seen that. That was on our Jesse yeah. Klein episode. Loved it. <laughs> yeah, loved it. Uh, you know, that's what the Larry King, all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, I remember. Yeah. Huh. So we went to Great Lesnar. comedy. <laughs> yeah, your favorite kind of comedy. So with this episode, we decided to go with Lesnar versus Cena. Fairly recent, 2014. In this match, like Apocalypse Killing Superman. Uh-huh. Superman. Brock Lesnar destroyed the undefeatable John Cena with 16 German suplexes and several F5s. This match was indeed the talk of the wrestling community when it happened, and we're very excited to get Steven's thoughts. So thank you, uh, at this Corey Letson. Great, so let's uh, let's go to a clip of that. It's not rocket science, people. Why wouldn't Brock Lesnar be able to beat The Undertaker? Why can't Brock Lesnar beat John Cena at SummerSlam? Brock I'm not going to lay down for you. You know why? Because you don't deserve this. I'm going to rip John Cena limb from limb. And it's going to be it's going to be ugly, people. Okay, so uh, something that Stephen mentioned in previous episodes, um, he 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 believed that he looked at every match as, oh, it's an equal contest. Guys just kind of go back and forth like, you know, like it's sort of boring. There's not really like everybody's on equal footing. Like, you know, there's no, like, nobody, like, every match is like a guy wrestling a guy of about equal talent and ability. Yeah, and when they have um, those mo- those moments where they stop and they face off, that's a thing you don't particularly, it's like, yeah, it's impressive, but you don't. So this uh, match face was... Face-offs aren't impressive, and I also don't care. I think it's silly. So this uh, match was John Cena getting obliterated. Did you notice that while watching it? Did it seem particularly sure. one-sided to you? And Wait, I how think the I... commentators sold that very well. Sure, yeah. I don't think my... I, I, guess, I guess maybe I miscommunicated what I felt about it, is that, like, it's two guys on equal footing or whatever. It always just looks, looked like two big guys that arguably either could win like it does it seems silly to believe going into it that there's no that there's way an underdog or a, yeah it yeah. seems silly to believe that partially because the fake aspect of it but partially because we've been proven wrong uh more than enough that like people of uh different physical abilities uh who maybe don't match they it just doesn't end how it should i also think this is like a maybe a failing of this show <laughs> in that we entirely show you matches that we love which is one where the underdog wins so yeah. it kind of yeah. gives you a feeling of Oh, this is just how they all are. Well, uh, but I mean, it, I guess what I'm saying is I believe it is foolish in, in everything, in everything to just sit there and go underdogs can't win. Oh, man. How is this going to happen? Like, it doesn't make it, it it's it's silly to go into almost anything going like there's no way for anybody X team to win or X player to win or X wrestler to win. That's silly. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's all. Yeah. So um, th- did this match strike you as one where one person had a clear advantage over the other? Yeah, I mean, it seems like, yeah, it's definitely Lesnar was uh, winning this match. Uh, if I understand this correctly, it's, this is undefeatable Cena at this point. Is yeah, he's right? not he's not undefeated here, but mm-hmm. like he he's always had this aura for probably the past decade of what people call Super Cena, mm-hmm. where um, he'll uh, it's sort of like 
oh, Cena's overcoming the odds is said so much that it's like, if he overcomes the odds every single time, he's not overcoming he's not really the odds. Yeah, yeah. Again, the odds. not like, right. undefeated, but seemingly undefeatable. Right, right. Like, it's, it's always going to hulk up no matter what and come back and win. Like, at this point, he probably hadn't lost clean in the middle of the ring in Sometime. like probably like six or seven years or something like that which is insane like 2006 i think versus batista or something was right. the last time and like even when john cena lost to cm punk which people consider a clean victory there was still a moment of distraction from vince mcmahon and john laurinaitis right but this was just cena getting like obliterated i just want right. to say for our you should love wrestling intern uh let us know on twitter if you can please look into this and find out when Cena's last clean, clean, totally in the middle of the ring, clean one, two, three, or whatever uh, finish was uh, prior to this match. I would actually love to know the date and show because yeah, yeah. fuck yeah, I, who with with zero interference or or fuckery. Also, what color T-shirt he was wearing? Yeah, I want to know that us. too. Yeah, um, well, but yeah, I think I the story of this match was really good. I think that like that the rock, you know, uh, it was. I mean, it was two thousand six or something. Oh, it was okay. like a while ago. But uh, okay, something that. that was very amazing uh, to me about this match was um, like Brock Lesnar gets his F five off in the first five seconds, and there's a look on Paul Heyman's face and a look on Lesnar's face that's like, "I got him." Mm-hmm. And that yeah. to me is just what the story of this match is, and it's great. It's I. It really resonated with me, with me, and I don't really w- often watch matches more than once. But this is a match that I've seen probably four or five times, just because I like I love the structure of it, and I just love what it does from a storytelling aspect. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, interesting. Yeah, I mean, the the story of I got him isn't a story to me. I just I, we've talked about this before, but it's just a thing that's like it's so it's so flat. I'm just like yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like a guy who's got an advantage. Who cares? What's what is the what is the actual significance of this advantage or, okay. or the strength? Uh, and I know uh, you know it's uh, so so. John Cena is rarely defeated. Okay, fine. But like not just so rarely, what? not just rarely. Like seven years prior to this. Great, yeah. Like, but so what? Like again, that it still doesn't matter. It doesn't matter in any con. There's no context around it. It's just some fake thing which i know you guys know it's fake it doesn't matter that's fine but it's just some fake thing with no context it's like a guy who always wins at the fake thing and he might not win at the fake thing i'm like what's who cares what's the story why would i invest emotionally in this um well you you say that you like i guess like pure athleticism what about like when home run records are broken in baseball is that something that you're at all interested in well that's a yeah that's a that's a real athletic achievement that takes a real yeah, like what, effort, but was Mark McGuire's yeah. super hardcore steroid scandal? Yeah, I would yeah. say that Sammy, so, Sammy Sosa yeah. and Mark McGuire's uh, home run race was like just as scripted Fueled as wrestling by steroids. In, in, in no and way, in no way scripted. I don't really have a problem with steroids, and I don't think that that really makes a difference with <laughs> but it. I, I, I would, don't. I honestly don't. I don't know that that's that big but of a I, deal. For, I mean, this is maybe uh, this is maybe uh, is very. Uh, controversial opinion i think that that home run race was a work i think that like they realized that they were both close like some of those throws the guys were doing to sammy sosa were definitely like lobs to like i mean i think that sure. it's just like it's just like sort of a you know the the background politics of baseball is i don't like, think that's entirely impossible yeah like i, I, I definitely think it's like oh like we're gonna pop a big rating and people are gonna buy a whole lot of t-shirts yeah if like two of our guys are in like a race to break a home run record that's been around for 50 after, years. After so what, how can we manufacture or massage that in a way that's not fake, but like, you know, it's just like tilted in a way that 
will lead to the most t-shirt sales or ticket sales or whatever. Because yeah. like that, that whole race to the home runs was kind of exciting, and it was everybody yeah. caught, got caught up in it. But that that around that time was the thing that sort of like post that the next couple of years after that got me out of baseball because all it was about like I didn't give a shit about baseball for years because it was like all it was about every year then was like we got to recapture the match magic and it was yeah. all about breaking records mm-hmm. and then the steroids everybody found out they were on steroids and the scandals it it, it, it got to be too much for me. So like, what do you think about that? Is like, uh, it's like that. I think that there's an aspect of work to that. That um, sure. So like, you're you're speculating that that was faked, but I okay, think on fine. some level, yeah, I it, think t- it was faked. But I not, think there were some things that are questionable. That, so you're you're like, you're it, asking like, if it's if I agree that that your speculation that maybe I'm the saying home that run d- I'm saying that does that make you appreciate it less? The home run derby that it was faked. Mark McGuire, Sammy Sosa. That there were aspects of work to it. Uh, the, the your speculation that that's happening. Not just my speculation. It, steroids. I don't care. Steroids. They're illegal. No, it at the doesn't. Time. They break. It a, doesn't. They broke a rule. So it's that definitely helps with the strength of it. That's fine. Hitting a fastball is hard. It just is. Okay. It doesn't matter how many steroids you're throwing doing. a guy across the ring. That's uh, 290 pounds is hard. Yeah, but also when he jumps into the throw, it's not as hard. Could you still do it if he's jumping into it? Sure, probably. You've seen people wrestle by themselves. You've seen people do moves that where they they have. They, what's that? What, what, I think it was blow Kota, up doll. Yeah, the blow up a doll. What he did a it was Kota Ibushi. Was it Kota Ibushi did it? Mm-hmm. He like he did a flip. But he got suplexed you, or whatever by the doll. You know what he did? He did it himself. Of course, it's easier you, if somebody's helping. Could you do that? right now with no training could i could i have kota abushi is that is it a, is it physically impressive for a guy to be able to do that even with help from somebody to such a level that could you do it right now with no training i probably not so it should be physically impressive to you that it's not though because yeah. it's still it's still such a minor thing and it's like it's like you're you're like saying that's almost like saying could you do a 101 improv show at UCB right now and probably oh, most people would be like no I don't think I could people freak out about that type of thing but you know what it's so fucking easy mm-hmm. and like get over it you'd be fine you have no idea how easy it is I think that's the situation here if I had John Cena jumping into my suplex I could probably fucking get an okay suplex over I definitely could i definitely could there's just no way that i couldn't just do the basic motion and get it right but like i mean you're using the example of like it's like if i was on a basketball team with like mid-90s michael jordan magic johnson and gary payton Mm -hmm. like if like it was the three of them plus me versus like a bunch of high schoolers like we would dominate but that's not because i'm impressive yeah, like John Cena is impressive and talented in a way to have a complete uh, inexperienced wrestler suplex him. Yeah, not saying that's what Brock Lesnar is, but like in this situation where you're talking about how you could suplex John Cena and that's not impressive. That's like John Cena is impressive in knowing how to take that suplex. Look at this. There, there's a couple of fucking dweebs sitting in a, <laughs> in like some sand pit. Yeah, it looks like a volleyball court. Yeah, but they're and doing they're doing it, a suplex and like but they're doing it in a but they're doing it in a sand pit, not on a hard ring. So. That's harder. Have you ever tried to run or get your footing in a sandpit? That's harder. And you know what? They still can do it because it's not that fucking tricky. It's not that tricky to jump into a suplex. It's not that impressive. These guys could not hit a fastball. 
These guys couldn't hit a fastball. I think Brock Lesnar. I think Brock. I think Brock Lesnar could hit a fastball. These guys in the sandpit doing perfectly good suplexes could not hit a fastball. Play that again. Let me see if that was a. But if they took a if they took a fastball one hundred and one class and somebody asked them to do a fastball one hundred and one show, they could probably do it. Right. Fine. It was fine. It was an okay suplex. It looks fine. You know, it's solid. I'm telling. They couldn't hit an okay home run. It's a totally different level of athleticism that is in no way. A fair comparison. It's so they're two entirely different things. Then name anything that where it's a real sport where people are real athletes doing things that are actually hard and try to make a try to make the comparison. Do anything, please. I dare you. Compare there's, there's like this this impressive suplex that they're working together to do, or a real sport where you don't have people working on your side. Like it's, it's 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 just impressive for different reasons. It's it it exercises different things. Yeah, I mean, all right. Yeah, they did it. They did a suplex. It's incredible. Uh, to, hit, to hitting, hitting a home run in baseball and like doing a a, a fucking shooting star press, for instance. Mm-hmm. Like there, there. Those are two very different types of precision. Right. But I'm impressed by both in terms of their precision of yeah. how you need to hit a small thing and get it the fuck out of the arena. And also the precision of, you know, how to not kill yourself. Right. I mean, I don't know. There's two different types of precision. I can at least appreciate that. Okay. So here's my question. Okay. Can everybody do a shooting star press? Could I? Could everybody in WWE do a shooting star press? No. 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 Okay. Right? Not everybody. No. I think how, everybody. What, how, what percentage? Oh, I don't uh, know. I think that. Do you mean do, 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 do regularly or could do? Could, could, could like go out. Uh, like, do any, I think the big show can do one? Any no. given, any given day, any given wrestling match, and do a shooting star press. Fifty percent. I'll say forty. To, yeah, I think forty percent could do it. Okay, here's a fact: a hundred percent of professional baseball players could go out and rip a home run. One hundred percent. That includes pitchers because these guys are really, really, really great athletes. And yes, Brock Lesnar is an exceptional athlete at doing a shooting star press. But the rest of the WWE and the product that you're trying to get me to enjoy, most of them can't. Most of them can't do the most impressive things that there are to do. Well, then I guess that. But if it's like. But it's like percent of guys in baseball could hit home runs. Then why aren't they all hitting home runs? And what's the they point do. of watching baseball? If, why don't if they I hit know them every they time that they're at bat? What, why, what makes why don't it, they? Why didn't Brock Lesnar land the shooting star press? Because they're not perfect. Obviously, what, what that's makes the, any one player and there's somebody special. trying to make sure they don't hit a home run. Joey, and by that's the way, the whole one hundred percent of baseball players could not hit a home run. I don't yes, think. of course. They I could. don't know about that. Yeah, hundred percent of baseball. Go look, including every, pitchers. Every yes. Yes, every single pitchers get home runs all the time. They do. I'm they not do. saying they don't. I, I you're you're I they get do. it. But what, but I, what I, I guess I what makes baseball that, special then if I know they can all do the same thing. When I I guarantee you that there are people in baseball that have zero home runs on their record. Yeah, there's some. There's probably some weird anomalies that people have literally zero home runs on their record. But if you're talking about National League, I guess American doesn't count because we have pinch hitters for our our uh, our pitchers. Mm-hmm. Uh, and frankly, probably a lot of those pitchers could still probably do it. But National League, uh, the pitchers bat and they hit home runs and that's a real thing so if you find yeah i'm sure you can go find somebody who has zero home runs and they probably played for half a season or whatever and that's fine but that's obviously not the same thing having the opportunities to do it and not not having the opportunity to do it and not hitting home run is not the same as not being able to when i, I think that you're comparing apples to oranges a little bit as I far agree. as like a physically you started thing. this could like could every professional professional wrestler do a moonsault that's in wwe 
no, the big show can't do a moonsault, but he can like lift a Jeep up and flip it with his brute strength. <laughs> can Mark Henry like he's done it before. He's done it on tel- television before. Um, can Mark- I, could, I could see the big show doing a moonsault before he did a, a 450 splash or a shooting star. Yeah, I mean, the big show's done moonsaults. Yeah, he's like, done versions of yeah, it. He's yeah. done moonsaults. He's done elbow drops. Um, can the big show uh, can I mean, can, can Mark Henry do a four, do a 450 splash or a shooting star press? No, he can't because he's 400 pounds full of muscle, but he can like bend a metal skillet with his bare hands. Yeah. Here's here's Steven watching the big show push over a Jeep. You're like, could you do that? That's impressive well, as I hell. Do that. He eventually gets it. Yeah, he definitely gets it. I don't think this thing has an engine. Um, but anyway. that's still... Could you push over a Jeep with no, no engine? No, of course not. You know who could, though? But, 100% of baseball players. Yeah, 100% of baseball players could do that. <laughs> that's... <laughs> You just said it's an apples to oranges comparison, and then you selectively use this apples to oranges comparison to, like, make your point. This isn't – you're doing this all wrong. You talk about logical fallacies, Joey. You're literally doing them all the time. But like, I try to indulge you in them. I try to indulge you in them, and then you're like, no, but it doesn't work in this case. It's like, you know what? Then don't fucking bring it up. I didn't bring up baseball. I didn't bring up baseball. I might have actually, yeah, but I'm saying I, I, no, it was me. I brought up home run records. Oh, there you go. Right. Okay, so I mean, but I mean, that's a, it's an entirely different thing, and that's fine. I I don't care. I don't buy that. There's the same level of athleticism of two people working together to do suplexes. There is to one person working alone versus somebody who hates what they're doing to hit a home run. It's not oh, the same thing he to me. Pushed over a jeep. Yeah, the big show pushed over a jeep. Incredible. Simply incredible. Yeah, that's impressive. He can't do a shooting star press, but I can't push over a Jeep. Joey, shockingly, I did go back and examine this a little more while you guys were hating each other. And coincidentally uh, here, I I was close. I thought The Rock beat Cena clean before Lesnar, which is true. He did, because we forget about things like this. And it seems like Cena has never lost. That said, there are a couple. Daniel Bryan defeated him at SummerSlam 2013. Oh, yeah, that was clean. I remember yep. that. And then The Rock before him at WrestleMania 28. And then you go back to uh, Orton. So WrestleMania 28 was 2012. Yeah. The last clean defeat that Cena had taken before then. Orton, Hell in a Cell, 2009. That's what I was thinking about. There's, I knew there was. Because it was, it was sort of like. It's insane. It was like there was a, a very small number of clean losses that he'd done in years before this. It's match. crazy. Just crazy. But right. um, I guess let's. I mean. <laughs> And I think Stephen's like, can we go, can we go done? And I think this is just like, this is an argument that we're just always going to have mm-hmm. about oh, yeah. wrestling a little bit of like you saying that nothing that they do is impressive yeah, and us saying, forever. of course, yeah, we're the Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn of this. Um, yeah. Uh, Didn't say nothing. That you're, always, you're always going to say the wrestling isn't impressive and we're always going to say it is impressive. And like something that, uh, I forget exactly who did it, but somebody emailed yeah, us or somebody show. tweeted us saying like, oh, like, Steven would appreciate it more if he went into a ring and took some bumps. Like if you went to wrestling school and like, you know, took a week and just learned like the, yeah. the absolute bare basics, I think that you'd have a greater appreciation for this stuff. Yeah, like, maybe. But I guess that's not the thing because did you go to wrestling school, Joey? No, but I love Nick, it. Without, did you? I have not. I no. think it's impressive Great. without going to wrestling school. Great. So again, uh, if that's a if that's a requirement for somebody from the outside to like it, then that means it's not that good. If you have to, I don't like, think that's a requirement. Yeah, but that no, I'm, like, saying, I'm saying as if that's the way to convince me to like it, then it's like, well, then it's it's, whatever. Just, a, it's like, just a different angle. It's just like we've shown you 
matches and stuff like that. We've like tried to show you a lot of different types of matches. Yeah. And you've not been super receptive. So yeah. like we're constantly and I think that a lot of our guests, especially a lot of our returning guests, it's like the attitude of like maybe this is what'll do it. Maybe shoot interviews is is a good thing to do mm-hmm. it. Maybe like yeah. somebody giving essentially a TED talk on wrestling is how to do this it. This feels the same as anything else though. Like why is this why is this special? Why is this match remarkable? Um, I mean, it's the storyline appreciation of watching um, essentially Superman get dismantled in front of children. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I, I thought that this match, we're not even saying this is like a great, great, great match. It was just such because they had built Cena up for so long to almost never be beaten, especially like this. In, yeah. in, as, as Michael Cole puts it, convincing fashion, I believe he calls yeah. it. This was just, this is like unheard of to be mm. like, have somebody come in like that's. And again, I know you know that it's scripted and you hate that it's scripted, but right. for them but for them to have to be to be putting Lesnar over like that also made you wonder like what else are they going to let him do next? Like how, if he could come in and defeat the Undertaker's undefeated streak and they're going to just feed Cena to Lesnar and give him 16 suplexes, fake or not, that goes on the record book. Like it's like, "Oh my god, he's in the storyline. It's like he's been defeated that hard. Where else is Lesnar going to go next?" It was very surprising. Well, yeah, it's it's great from a storytelling standpoint in that like you know, I've I've referenced this a couple of times previously on the show of like the concept of like S class, where it's like there's a A class, B class, C class, like, you know, in terms of just video game difficulty levels. It's like Cena was like the top guy. He was the he was the A plus class guy. Mm-hmm. There were wasn't really anybody else on his level in terms of I guess like, you know, wrestling kayfabe strength or whatever. For Brock Lesnar to go in and destroy him, it's like, who can beat Lesnar now? Like yeah. That was like so much of the question of like where like he beat the Undertaker streak, which was something that was running for like 21 years at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, he destroyed John Cena. Like who is there for him to face? And there's some excitement as a fan of like, oh, shit, is it going to be Daniel Bryan? That would be like Daniel Bryan could yeah, probably do it. Get oh, like Randy Orton. He's got like the RKO of nowhere. He could like there's a way that he could maybe do it. And there is excitement of like whoever beats him is going to be built to like such a god tier or it's like it's such a definitive underdog scenario for everybody to wrestle brock lesnar mm-hmm. now and there's something exciting about that and you know that he's going to get defrauded at some point and you want it to be by somebody that you like yeah um but it just it opens up storytelling opportunities and it's just like and he lost the title to rollins yeah he lost the title to rollins after like a, yeah you, you the saw match, that match you saw which was seth rollins money in the bank cash in when the match was initially oh brock yeah lesnar reigns. roman reigns yeah, yeah. yeah and remember that it was yeah, this this is when he won the title right. which he lost at that match right, right. yeah so technically because reigns got pinned you know it, it was like right. it, it was on reigns and yeah so you, you book it so lesnar you know blah blah right. we'll, we'll, we'll get into that. all right great so let's uh let's go around and give any final thoughts and ratings on this match out of 16 suplexes i remember when this happened we, we we were both like yeah. holy shit uh this this is a five for me because it was so unexpected i yeah. couldn't even believe that that this is what they were doing and i was glad they were doing it and this was kind of the moment that is sort of it kind of dialed Cena back and like now that we don't mind grizzled old veteran Cena who can truly be defeated in like 
ridiculous monster heel fashion, it's kind of made him likable again. Like Cena lost this match. He lost clean to Owens later. Yeah, to AJ Styles. He, he, they they kind of put him in a story where like he was losing a lot. He wasn't what he used to be. And he kind of went away and came back and went away and came back. And it sort of made him likable again or maybe likable since ever. Well, yeah, it's just it gives, him, it gives him flaws and weaknesses. And he's a guy that you can root for as opposed to an unstoppable force of nature. Yeah, um, right. And um, yeah, like I, I like this match. I'll give it 16 suplexes. Um, <laughs> yeah, for sure. I, um, I think that uh, just from a storytelling standpoint and just like playing the game of Brock Lesnar being just a monster. They did a great job of it. Like from everything mm-hmm. from the the smile from Paul Heyman up top off of the first F5 to uh, when Cena got an attitude adjustment off and uh, everybody was really shocked. And then Brock Lesnar sat up before Cena did and just started laughing. Like it's just and everything down to there's a child in the audience that is a soul weak voice chanting Let's go see. It's the saddest thing I've ever <laughs> heard. Isn't it great. Yeah. Oh, that poor kid. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like that's happening. While I forget whose kid it was, but it's, it's some it's some famous like uh, sports reporter's kid. And see that taps into what Bill, you're I think, saying. I think it's Bill Simmons' kid. I want to say that taps into what you're saying. I know everybody likes to get all hot and bothered. Like we're when we say things, we're saying them literally, definitively, unequivocally. Every, when we say the word "every," we don't mean every single person. That goes for any of the three of us saying that. Mm-hmm. The point of that, though, is that. Tap into what you're saying about that kid is a perfect example of the kid in yeah. the audience who's like that is that is my hero that is my comic book superhero that's the guy who I know I, it's been built up into me and my small stupid little kid brain to be like that's John Cena and he's the champion and he and comes he, out there and, he'll and he always, always win. wins yeah, yeah. and he got destroyed by a monster and for once like the marks got or the the, the, the smarks got to be like yeah Fuck you, Cena, and and all the 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 inside wrestling fans got to be like they got that 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 win was an even bigger thing than just Brock Lesnar dominating. It was also like, oh my god, finally John Cena didn't win, and that kid got defeated that day. Well, yeah, and isn't there something just like fucking cool about like Superman got executed in yeah. front of his biggest fan? Yeah, it's great. <laughs> like, there's it's something great. just there's something just rad about that. That like wrestling is a medium where that can happen. Yeah, you got to give a little bit to everybody once in a while. John Cena wins all the fucking time, and for once it was like, oh my god, something new, something different. Yeah. So yeah, sixteen super. That kid got to learn about yeah. defeat that yeah. day. Yeah, that kid learned a powerful lesson. Stephen, why don't you? Tell us why you don't like yeah, it. Yeah, tell us your zero. Yeah, zero. Um, you know, it's interesting. The thing I would, I, I like, I hate to do, like, I, I really do hate to say this, but I feel like a lot of times, this is, we talked a little bit about this with Chet Wild. It was like uh, that I feel like people who like wrestling are just assholes. I feel like there's just such assholery sometimes, and that's not fair. And I know that I'm making a horrible sweeping generalization, but I feel like what but it I'm appeals not to you that you're saying every human person no. i accept that it's but fine. what i think it appeals just, to, just adult males yeah <laughs> just adult males. male i think it appeals to your inner asshole i really do and like joey yeah. when you you just said it's awesome to watch superman get killed in front of you know a kid who loves him that's kind of mean when you told me joey that the thing that you like about this podcast is that like somebody who doesn't like wrestling uh then i like we get to beat up on him and bullying him and show like say everything that we ever wanted to that's mean it comes 
comes from a really like hurt place. And I feel like that a lot of these things come from just such a like a sad like place that I I get it. Uh, we all have those emotions and I'm not saying I'm better than that. I'm not saying I don't feel those things at all. But I it's not something that I want to lean into. It's not something that I'm like, "Oh yeah, oh, I'm so fucking glad Superman got killed." I did to be fair, I did love and really appreciate that 90s comic that run when uh, when Doomsday yeah, did indeed Superman. kill yeah. Superman. Superman. Yeah. Just as For when sure. the Joker killed Robin. It's like, hey, man, this is something we haven't seen before. Yes. And, uh, re- and, that, and that's a personal experience, and I think that's fine. But what I'm saying about it is, you guys are talking about the the destroying of something else, which is somebody else's love, like somebody's loved hero, John Cena, mm-hmm. and destroying it for somebody else. That is something that's like satisfying. And though I get that, I'm again, I'm not saying I've never had that feeling. Of course I have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Of course I have. It's just something that, like, at the end of the day, I don't care about. I don't want to lean into it. Sure. I don't need to see this. I don't care about any of it. And I feel like over writing like that's a lot of the stories these escape we talked about that just earlier the escapism feels like the escapism of high school students of high school boys who have these weird like i'm a man and like i've got my space i gotta prove i'm the best i'm gonna fuck girls i'm american like it's just so these like base emotions that we're appealing to again that i have and literally everybody has it's fine Mm -hmm. it's just like i just we should be better than that well i think not to make a broad sweeping generalization especially about adult wrestling fans and i definitely like am saying that i'm within this is like i feel like there is an aspect to uh there's smugness well it's not smugness but it's like i think that professional wrestling fans are you know we're at eh, probably some large chunk of the percentage like kind of just awkward adults that maybe had like not like rough childhoods but definitely like bullying and things that we dealt with or situations where we saw people in a period of privilege get what they wanted just for their privilege. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I think that professional wrestling, and like I think I, I think I mentioned on this podcast, is like there's a vicarious enjoyment of watching somebody with privilege Some come get, up and... get, get their comeuppance that I think speaks on a base level to people that were previously bullied or kicked or otherwise awkward or feel like they're the underdog to like mm-hmm. watch... Somebody that you see somebody somebody that you see is somebody that is lacking in privilege succeeding over somebody that has privilege. Example being uh, Mankind versus The Rock, uh, where it's like The Rock is somebody that or like Roman Reigns versus anybody where it's like Roman <laughs> Reigns is somebody that, you know, I think that like you were saying or somebody was saying like my impression of him is he's a failed football player who basically just asked his dad, hey, can I be a wrestler? And his right. dad was like, fine. Sure. Yeah. And um, that I don't want that guy to succeed over a guy named, like Daniel Bryan that like spent 15 years on the road grinding in Japan, getting right. horribly injured, getting a detached retina at the start of a match and wrestling through it because he cared that much. Yeah, as we've covered many times, it's like a guy who really worked hard. The fans made that storyline happen and he beat a guy who was like a second generation wrestler yeah. and is always going to be perfectly fine with the company. Yeah. And Dave Batista, who, I mean, while also came up totally on his own, but was pretty much handpicked to, because he was making a high profile money uh, good paycheck return. Be like, yeah. oh, you're going to be the champion. And it's like he was forced out of that position. Well, it's like I, because like, we were like, we want this guy. Well, to I think we're a lot of like people of my type like out of wrestling is the dismantling of unchecked privilege. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that that's uh, th- I think that that's like an area where maybe the joy of watching Cena get destroyed by Brock Lesnar is uh, joyous as opposed to. Um, but Brock like, Lesnar yeah. is that. 
Brock Lesnar is that. So is so is Donald in terms, Trump. In terms of so is so is jo- uh, what McMahon, Vince McMahon. I was yeah, gonna yeah. call him John McMahon. Ed McMahon. Uh, I know. I <laughs> no. I know a John Dylan McMahon. McMahon. That's why I knew. A, I know a John McMahon, and that name fly through my head real quick. I was like, oh no, Ed McMahon. Uh, yeah, Ed McMahon. Like they're all that. They're you're everything that you're saying that you don't like is what they are. But, it, but in terms of like in terms of the storyline, Cena had years of being built up as the guy with unchecked privilege, whereas Brock Lesnar is the guy that. Like he's the guy that yeah like if you were to like put them on paper next to each other yeah. and you just look at their stats, Brock Lesnar was definitely born genetically with benefits that Cena does not have. You are not you that Cena is not gigantic and jacked. Right. You Brock are Lesner, totally right. Yeah, it's just that in terms of the storytelling and the reality of WWE wrestling, John Cena is the is not the underdog here. Mm-hmm. John Cena is the guy that overcame the odds every single time. So why is he? So why are there even odds at this point? You are totally right that they're even, and Brock Lesnar, especially since then, has become very much a version of that. It, yeah. It's sort of a very lateral thing, and yeah. I get that you're saying they're on equal footing there. But what, yeah, but what we're saying, and what Joey's saying, and what we mentioned about how Lesnar had literally left the company and proved that he can fight for real and could fight, yeah. has went and did multiple things and tried to do a lot of shit on his own and came back. And went over Cena, who is a guy who had been in the company since like what oh three or whatever, oh five, yeah. whatever the yeah, fuck yeah. it is. I think oh three. And, and, and just and just skyrocketed to the top and left there for a decade. Like you'll be protected no matter what. Uh, so it, it it even though Lesnar is the same idea, his version of it is different. It meant something. It did yeah. mean something. Yeah. You know what this is? It, again, it's sort of. I get it. Again, I totally get it. Yeah, you love wrestling. I, I know you do. These are these are these are all things that I have felt and whatever. It's just that I know that that is a path to madness. I really do think that. Okay. Of like focusing on like, oh, if this guy could just, it's just if I just want it to go this way, we gotta like beat the people. He doesn't deserve like that's madness. And I felt it. I've had it in all of it. In wrestling or in life? What do you all? Okay. In all. It's it doesn't you can't control that. It doesn't matter. Well, I think it, it's it doesn't something, it's something that you temper and not something that you focus on every moment of your life. I'm not yeah, I'm not saying it's a thing that you focus on every moment of your life. Yeah. That's fine. Everybody's I'm not always saying, gonna get their comeuppance in real life. That's of course life. they're not. Of course. And if you're and I think if we're sitting there focusing on that, like if that's the thing, if that's some emo- like it's like great, I don't want to do that. I don't okay. want to play that game. That will be emotionally devastating. Well, it's fun uh, to I see it in a story it. when we know that realistically it's not ever gonna happen in real because life all the time. It's sort of like you guys talk about with Daniel. O'Brien or Brian or Brian. Daniel O'Brien, Brian. Yeah, yeah. Daniel O'Brien, yeah, Daniel Brian. Brian. Daniels, Danielson and Daniel Bryan is the same, same person. Same person. They're the same person. Yeah, yeah, I Brian. always, I just, I, I get the Daniel oh, O'Brien. Danielson's his real name. That's where Russell's name. Right. Daniel Bryan was his WWE's name, so they could own it. Anyway, it's that. If you get so, if you get so lost, you know, wrapped up in that whole world, it's a tragedy there because he's hurt and he can't wrestle again. Same thing for uh, wrestling with shadows. Uh, no, no, Brett Shadow. Brett Hart. Brett Shadow. Yeah, it's the same thing with Brett Shadow, right? Like <laughs> yeah. when Triple H, when when it, when I think it was his wife is like, hey, you know, Triple H, you're gonna get yours, and he doesn't. You guys pointed out he just doesn't. It's a sad. And if you focus on that, if you're like, wow, uh, Triple H was a mean guy who did something wrong, and he never got his comeuppance. He got everything he ever wanted. That's a oh, tragedy. Right, right, right. You're you're le- you're just you're you're setting yourself up for this tragedy. And Brett, that's the thing right. that I don't care about, and I try not to get into well, as I, much as humanly possible. Well, to to recap for the viewers quickly or the listeners quickly yeah yeah it was bret hart's wife who in wrestling with shadows told triple h and you hunter especially you'll get yours someday and yeah. then we laughed and was like well not really because he's literally literally the coo of the yeah. company well i think that like Never uh, got his come up i think that there are extremes that we're talking about where it's like the extreme case of this is 
Gollum from Lord of the Rings. He's so focused on one thing that he uh, ignores all other aspects of his life and becomes like a weird, shriveled Gollum thing with mm-hmm. like no right. hair and he's super pale and he lives in a cave, but he really likes this ring. So that brings him happiness, I guess. But like, that's the extreme case of it. But like, the I think that it's okay to have aspects of passion and things that you care about and goals and etc. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, that's not, I mean, Having goals and things that you care about is not the path to madness. Getting lost in a story is not the path to madness. When it becomes your entire life, then it's the path to madness. I'll agree with that. No, I'm sa- I'm not saying having goals is a path to madness. I'm saying focusing on uh, other people need to outcome this way or whatever. Trying to change something that you have no control over, getting worked up over a thing that you have no control over. But as a wrestling fan... That there's a justice out there But, but as a wrestling fan, we do have the ability to change things. It's something that like I think Quack mentioned of yeah. just like your chance can change it the happens. outcome of it. The way that you, the amount of t-shirts that you buy can change the outcome It made of it. Daniel Bryan happen. Yeah, it like, kept the, the like, New Day champions. Like, in professional wrestling, Jesus. we they have got the... got James Ellsworth a job. Yeah, like, we have the ability, we have the power to dictate how the story is told on some level. Or, like, the outcome of things. Like, if the audience didn't respond to Roman Reigns at all, he'd be pushed down the card. The fact that people cheer and boo him so loud and he sells a bunch of t-shirts means mm. that, like, he's gonna be a fixture. Like, James yeah. Ellsworth, Ellsworth was brought in for like a, basically a week to week job and the and internet lost their mind so they like made a t-shirt of him just kind of like as a joke it sold real well like outselling Roman Reigns shirts for I think a couple of days so they were like oh, okay we're gonna give you a contract because yeah, the fans him. like you yeah like that's not that doesn't happen in any other mediums or if it does it's like a significantly slower ship like mm-hmm. it turns a lot slower okay. um, I mean I think that in the Justin Wrestling with Shadows episode we mentioned like the concept of like when they wrote Daryl into The Walking Dead, did they know... The only show Joey ever Yeah, the only show, really. Yeah, like Nick and I roommates, he knows it's the only yeah, show yeah, ever Yeah, yeah, the only show he watches. Um, yeah, yeah. Also Fear the Walking Dead. Um, but well, like... True. Spin yeah, yeah, but... Um, so, <laughs> Daryl, did they know that he was going to be... They, they probably wrote him as like, oh, he'll die sometime in season three or season four yeah, or whatever. Mm-hmm. That's true. Because there was such like a desperate fan outcry for him, like, and they kind of were weren't planned out to his death yet mm. like they i'm sure were like oh never mind we're gonna let him stick around for a little bit oh now he's the favorite character on the show never mind he's looking he's gonna live forever wasn't screech supposed to be a one-time off character like in the pilot right uh, not screech but urkel oh urkel that's what it was yeah. it was urkel in family matters urkel yeah. wasn't even in the first couple of episodes of family matters yeah yeah he was right. he was in like episode three or four mm-hmm. but he like tested through the the roof that's and right he became so popular that by the end of the run the, the show, show was, was called, urkel it was literally called like steve urkel's family matters or something <laughs> You just your point was that that doesn't happen elsewhere. It you brought up two examples, but it happens uh, without me even having to try. But it happens, all right, I'll give you that. I'll, it, give, I'll you give you that. that. But it happens. What I'm saying is that not that it doesn't happen everywhere, but it happens slower in other oh, places. That's fun. But and, the point is, is that it can happen. That's fun. I mean, it, I mean, great. I yeah. It just I happens. Know. It just happens quicker in wrestling. So you there's uh, more immediate. Uh, there's guys, more. Good. There's more immediate appreciation for it in wrestling. Yeah. You guys, Steve Urkel guys or Stefan Urkel guys? Uh, I'm down with that Stefan Urkel. Yeah, what about you, Steve? I don't know what this Stefan Raquel is. Stef- Raquel. Is that what you said? <laughs> Stefan Raquel is good friends with um with uh, Joe McMahon. Uh, Wait, I, I really Stephane don't. Stefan Urkel, when Urkel, Urkel built that little okay. machine. That made him cooler. He would walk into the machine and come out and he would be the, the smooth, it. fly Stefan Urkel. Yeah, I never watched Because it. Jaleel White was like, I'm tired of being a nerd on this show. Yeah, like, I'm an attractive to... man. Make me cool. Yeah. <laughs> he told the writers, make me cool. Yeah, he would walk <laughs> in and say, cool. uh, hey guys, uh, good night. You're going to be here uh, for the next 10 hours. I'm in charge. I'm an attractive man. Make me cool. Fuck off. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he just would leave like, and go st- home. <laughs> I really hope that st- uh, st- uh, the Jaleel White's note on that show was like, can I be less of a nerd? I, I, I had heard that it that, that was I, I don't know the full story, 
but I had heard that that was somewhat of it. Like he was I, getting tired of being Urkel and he's like, yo, I'm cool. I'd mean, I I buy be, that. I'd buy that. Um, All right, let's take a break. Want to hear your favorite funny people paired with wine? Want to just hear them whine about something? Hi, I'm Ellen Clifford. Hi, I'm Sean Buckholtz. We're the hosts of The Wine Situation. That's wine with an H. We've had Morgan Murphy. Drew Drogi. Brian Safi. Charlie Tanners and Camille Knox. Paul F. Tompkins and Janie Haddad Tompkins. Melanie Linsky. They all told us their wines. And we told them about wine. It's totally boozy study hall. So get it everywhere you find your favorite podcasts. That's The Wine Situation. Wine, wine with, with an, an H. H. Cheers. And we're back. Uh, great. Uh, thank you so much at this Corey Letson. Yeah. Um, really, I mean, both of these suggestions so far have caused uh, such weird side tangents into the nature of why we appreciate things. <laughs> no. Also madness. Also, I don't know. This has been. A, I'm excited about this episode. Lots this of is madness. a good one. Mm-hmm. Great. Uh, finally, Nate Blakely requested via our You Should Love Wrestling Facebook account. Will y'all force Steven to watch Japanese wrestling so he can see strong style or British wrestling? Off of this request, I hit the World of Sport archives and decided to show Stephen Johnny Saint versus Fit Finley. Mm-hmm. I wasn't able to find much information on this, but I figured if we're going to show Stephen British wrestling, there's no better place to start than Johnny Saint. Thanks so much, Nate Blakely. And let's, Fit Finley. Yeah, yeah, let's go to a clip of that. Ladies and gentlemen, we now come to a special patchweight challenge match. The match is made over eight rounds of three minutes each. And will be decided by the best two out of three pinfalls or submissions or the one knockout. I introduce to you, coming from the red corner over here on my left, presented, of course, by the beautiful Princess Paula. And also from the red corner, Dave Fit Finlay. Ladies and gentlemen, again I seem to have made a mistake of not telling you that we have the British heavy middleweight champion, David Fitzgerald. And now, from the blue corner, I don't think I need to say more than just two words. Johnny Sainz! That's what Harris, that's all you need to say. So um, I'm not. Uh, first off, uh, Nate, um, we, we've shown Stephen a little bit of strong style stuff. I believe the I want to say the Dino, Dino Winwood, the Bobby Ramos episode. We showed him mm-hmm. um, Shibata versus Ishii, the shortest five star Meltzer match. So Stephen's seen a little bit of strong style. So that's why I leaned more into British wrestling. I'm glad. This. I think this is a good call. Absolutely. Yeah. Also, like I'm just personally not super familiar with British wrestling. Um, I mean, other than like Jack Gallagher, it's and like, apparently with World of Sport now coming back, yeah. it's came came back. World of Sport is now back in the UK. They're a thing again. Uh, uh, what culture pro wrestling has has become yeah. big? Uh, is it evolve or progress? Are they both? Uh, okay, so they're both purple. So I think that pro- I think evolve is Florida. That's the old, oh the yeah old, yeah yeah the old uh, the old Ring of Honor guy. Yeah, that's Gabe Sapolsky's. That's they've got a deal with progress WWE. Is progress is Will Osprey's home federation. I got think. it. So British wrestling has been coming back up over the last couple of years. World of Sport is now back in 2017, which apparently is why WWE decided to answer with their own UK tournament yeah. and federation. Uh, offshoot because they're like, well, we now have to compete in the UK. That's right, so Stephen. So they keep our network. That's right, Stephen. There's even more wrestling out there. More wrestling. Uh, I mean, that further just proves that Vince McMahon is a, a monster uh, trying to take over okay. everything. And Triple uh, H, really. A, a real quote from, um, 
I forget exactly who it was, but it's uh, a guy that used to write for WWE. It's like he was he was watching um, just some like old stand up specials, like Andrew Dice Clay or something like that. <laughs> and it wasn't Andrew Dice Clay; it was somebody else. Miss Muffet, sit on my dick. All right, he was, he was yeah, watching like Steve Martin specials play. on the private on Vince McMahon's private jet when they were flying to the next city. And Vince McMahon was like, "Well, why why are you watching Steve Martin when you could be watching Santino?" Mm-hmm. Like, and Santino is also a comedy is is a comedy wrestler. And like I think that Vince McMahon's goal is that he wants the only thing that you watch to be professional wrestling or WWE sponsored stuff. Yeah, uh, that's sad. So oh yeah, it is it is super weird. So it's like why I'm why, saying it's straight up sad. Yeah, like why why do you need drama when you have Miss Elizabeth versus Macho Man Randy Savage? Like why why do you need a romantic comedy when you have uh like you know Lena like Kane. Yeah, when you have when you have Lana and Rusev. Like Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean but that's just his that's uh, Vince McMahon, you're a real gem. Uh Vince yeah. McMahon, regular listener of the show. He um, sounds like a real crazy person. But uh, uh, I wish yeah. he'd stop calling me. I love uh, the show. Right, thanks, um, uh, Vince McMahon, he always sits quietly in the corner of the room over. I'll wait over here for a long time. Yeah. I heard you guys were talking about British wrestling. Yeah. British wrestlers like the Monopoly Man (laughs) and Mr. Peanut. Uh, I don't think any of those are accurate. Uh, Those are just two men with top hats, and you automatically assume they're British. Yeah, Monopoly Man's from Atlantic City. But uh, I think a few things to note about this match. I'm not sure what Nick's experience. Goodbye. Is. <laughs> yeah, this uh, man quietly just... sat down after he said that. Yeah, he Wait. only thinks top hats equate British. I gotta, uh, I gotta stop giving him a microphone. Yeah, you should. Yeah, really yeah, yeah. Um, you just have so many microphones. I do. Um, <laughs> Jesus. Um, okay, gone. so uh, anyway, so Vince McMahon got hit by a car. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, something that I definitely noted about British wrestling is the rules. Like, Nick, were you yep. were you aware of this, or had you had much experience with British I'm, wrestling before I'm only, this? I, honestly, sort of tangentially. I mean, this is all kind of like, this was a little jarring to me. Like, I was like, oh, wait a minute, what It's like there's a rounds? round every couple yeah. of minutes. Yeah, yeah. There's I, rounds, I there's rounds and, mul- and multiple falls, so it's yeah. like... I thought that was something really interesting where I think it was two two falls or three falls this but match. I was very confused after the first. I was like, uh, do that in all like current British wrestling. Are they doing that in the WWE UK tournament? Um, no, I'm not know. sure. I'm not sure. I haven't, I'm I haven't watched it yet. Yeah. Because um, I didn't cur- This isn't like a recent match. This is right? the 70s. Okay. Yeah. Great. Thank God. Because for a second 80s. I was like, this isn't r- r- normal. Like this should, this is so bad looking. It looks like a Saturday Night Live sketch. It, that's what I thought it was. <laughs> <laughs> what is this? But this is also what Saturday Night Live would be a yeah, for sure, for sure. So just to let you know, Stephen, I know that you're not going to be that interested in this match because I know it's it's a lot of uh, British style wrestling, a lot of uh, tactical stuff, a lot of catch, uh, a lot of all kinds of different things, uh, technical, very technique yeah. based, yeah. mat driven stuff that I just don't think you're going to be very interested in. Now, nonetheless, these guys are uh, definitely two very highly regarded wrestlers. Very technically proficient, very influential in terms of this style of wrestling. Yeah, Fit Finley playing the heel in this, Johnny Saint playing the face. Yeah, uh, Fit Finley had a great, uh, a, a solid run in WCW, WWE. I mean, he's, he's respected. He's, yeah, great wrestler. He he is now a producer for World Wrestling Entertainment, and mm. Johnny Saint, though never really found a lot of, really didn't even come to America until I think like twenty the two thousands. I want to say that he wrestled in. He's in his like sixties or seventies now, and he's he wrestled still, in Chikara. He, I think that he's still kind of actively wrestles right he's he like 70s a, years old 70 years old and still great yeah like, yeah uh year for years I, and i think he even took a lot of time off in the 90s never wrestled in america i don't think at all like i, I think I, I wouldn't be surprised if wrestled in pwg too yeah yeah maybe uh but he was always kind of a british legend and now he is a trainer for wwe at the performance center oh yeah i saw that yeah that's great yeah. um when something that i love about 
uh, like I enjoyed this match. I really thought it was a lot of fun. And I think that I loved it for the purposes of like, you know, it's the same way that you love Jack Gallagher and that it's sort of like the finesse of which the movies are performed. There is so much you could see that Gallagher and Sabre Jr. do that is directly lifted from this era. Yeah. And it's just like it's just little things that are amazing. I've heard Daniel Bryan talk about this when he was trained by William Regal, where Mm -hmm. like he like it's just there was a point where I think Johnny Saint was pinning fit finley in the match and fit finley just lightly lifted his shoulder up the ref stopped the count and johnny saint just used his knee to push his shoulder back down <laughs> right right And they did that like two or three times and it's just the smallest movement it's not like what you're talking about and what you often complain about in wrestling that it's like big kick out and then everybody's like oh yeah, yeah and, no. and guys a lot of these days aren't cognizant of those things all the time it's like where the ropes are and the little details and people are flailing all over the place and they flap jack right in the middle of the ring and people just go for a goofy count nobody's really looking at the shoulders yeah, like there's a lot of those little details. And it's that like they don't pay attention. And it's to just so like, much. and it's significantly more brutal looking to like it's more brutal looking to bend a guy's fingers back and hyperextend his fingers than it is to watch somebody do a power bomb. Yeah, sure. And like World of Sport, is that's full something of that Saber Junior does a lot. Yeah, that's I mean that's like Dan Black's uh, Zack Saber Junior uh, impression is he just bends somebody's <laughs> fingers back. <laughs> right. and he's just like, look at me, I'm Zack Saber Junior. <laughs> look at me. Um, <laughs> But for, like, j- even further, just further proving like the meanness thing that I'm talking about. It's like it's fun to see that the guy suffer by burning his hands. <laughs> but I mean, it's just like it I just it ma- I, I, it's not fun. It just makes you wince more. Yeah. yeah. It, like it looks like it hurts more because I think that's just a believable pain off of like, I don't know what getting power bomb feels like, but I know what getting your fingers bent back feels like. Right. Sure. sure. Um, but uh, something that I liked about this match that I think speaks to like I, I lived in London for a little bit. Something that speaks to just like greater British culture is How like. How long were you there? What was that? How long were you there? Uh, like London four months or something. Oh, okay. Yeah. It was just like a study abroad. I was one of those punks. Um, but um, <laughs> punk. But uh, the face in this match, and I think the story that I believe is common for a lot of British wrestling and a lot of British faces is it's like technical proficiency and mastery over brute force. It's mm-hmm. like, uh, yeah, it is. yeah, like if you notice that the, where yeah. Fit Finley was getting so much of his heel heat was like, you know, uh, closed fist punches, like, um, you know, kicking him when the referee isn't looking. Well, that's like, why when guys like this use that brute force, it kind of it almost has like more weight and impact. It means something because yeah. they're so technically proficient. Well, and with it's their even, holds. Yeah. And it's even just like it's even just like small, like Fit Finley's offense in this match is very it's a lot of it's a lot of throws and a lot of like, I guess brutality for lack of a better term mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's just stuff that looks more brutal whereas all of johnny saints moves and the moves the audience reacts most strongly to are the moves where it's like oh he like he like used a counterweight to like throw him in like a very like technically masterful way right. and um i think that that just speaks to like kind of a greater british culture as it relates to and this is uh, apologies this is very off base <laughs> as opposed to just like the idea of a monarchy where it's just yep. like this is somebody that was sort of born with this thing, but like through kind of technical mastery, you can achieve some level of that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just that's, like that's just something too that like Japanese audiences respond really well to too. It's like these other different types of cultures of wrestling yeah. in these other areas are like like Japanese wrestling loves hard hits. Yeah, the audience like appreciates these certain things and really reacts as opposed to just like the American audiences where it's just like what how can we be the loudest all the time? Well, yeah, it's like Japanese wrestling. It's like so much of it is like honor. So yep. it's like when uh, you know Shibata and Ishii are just like 
they sit down and face their back to the other guy and they're like kick me in the back as hard as you possibly can yeah um whereas this is more about technical proficiency whereas american wrestling i was thinking about this while driving here is just like what's the tallest thing jeff hardy can jump off of yeah totally um <laughs> it is yeah whereas like mexican wrestling is more like the flourishes of it right it's more like right. you know flips and stuff like that mm-hmm. uh and that's yeah, you're just like speaking on lucha and stuff like that or at least you know my experience with like lucha underground mm-hmm. and things like that and like even just like the masks it's like that speaks to like an aztec culture thing of just like the the it's so much of lucha culture is reminiscent of aztec culture but like kind of given like a pop filter to it sure and a lot of of course of where a lot of that chanting and stuff really even comes from is more of the lucha style underground uh, the lucha style uh uh, uh, wrestling of course something that american audiences have also taken and completely ruined yeah when it's like god damn it america (laughs) yep when i think that that's something that i appreciated a lot about this match with uh which uh fit finley won by the way um yeah uh but i it definitely gave me an appreciation for British wrestling that I hadn't previously had. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think it's an interesting time. Like we were saying, like this, this sort of this style coming back yeah. and, and, and larger companies acknowledging that, that so, there's so many different styles. I don't know. I'm, I'm interested to kind of see if, if the WWE uh, tournament does anything for it and, and where the new world of sport goes, because it could be very interesting this year for, for British wrestling. I don't doubt that it won't be. But I just love that there's access to different styles. Like mm-hmm. I love that I can watch like, uh, like an uh, Okada Omega match that's just like full of strong style hits and oh my God, is <laughs> dead moves yeah followed by like uh you know like a like a grand metallic match right. where it's like just insane Wait, like who, who, what match? the grand metallic oh uh <laughs> 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 oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait, wait, yeah. Like, wait, who's? Wait, well, Vince McMahon just left. Maybe he can send Mauro Ronaldo. And he... hey, Vince, can you not send Mauro in? <laughs> yeah, I got a lot of people just hanging out here. Thanks for indulging all these guests. Oh, uh, Mauro, Mauro's just walking in right now. Yeah. Grand Metalik. All right. Uh, I'm looking at the computer right yeah. now that we record on. Definitely, the levels peaked on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. that that was Mauro Ronaldo running in and running out. That was entirely a blown out audio. <laughs> yeah. So that's. Uh, so that's just going to sound like. Yeah, let's see what happens. Yeah, we'll, we'll see, see what it's happens. Gonna yeah. great, um, it's going to be great. It's going to be great. We don't have, have a clickety clackety floor in here. I'm, I'm sorry. Gonna go ahead and turn down Grand Montelli's mic like, just in case. So I guess, uh, Stephen, you've looked pretty bored during this conversation. Yeah, um, I'm sorry. I, no, I it's like okay. Hear what you because I, I feel like you probably don't have much to say. I, I don't. I don't know what to. I was but like I watching it. I was like, this is a different style, but it's a okay. Style great. I you could at least, care you less acknowledge. You at least acknowledge that it's a different style for sure. But he still couldn't care less. Yeah. Well, it's just it actually seemed like harder to appreciate. As a guy who doesn't appreciate it, I could see that. Is it because of the old sort of dated presentation and the That's dry British of style yeah. as well? I mean, as wrestling, it feels a lot more like, oh, we're doing the arm twisty. Like, I, I, yeah, a lot of that. And I'm just like, oh, all right, like, you know. Yeah. But this I'm is the really se- affected. I mean, this is the 70s. This isn't that far off of like carnival wrestling, you right. know? Yeah. Where it's yeah, just yeah. like, yeah, it's just like all little like little like showy bits and stuff like that. Yeah. I could understand that. Some I mean, I showy think, bits. I think that this is on some level what cartoon wrestling is making fun of, especially like yes. Looney Tunes cartoon wrestling. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Like where it's just like, yeah, it's like a lot of like showy weird holds and stuff like that. And, you know, guys getting like picked up in airplane spin and thrown out of the ring. It's like, <laughs> um, you know, it's like Big Daddy is probably the archetype for so much of just like cartoon wrestlers. Yep. Right. Yeah. Big Daddy, he was essentially UK Hulk Hogan. Yeah. Um, also a great Adam Sandler movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Um, Speaking of that, did you see? Oh, the way, daddy. Yeah, we we forgot to talk about this. Did you see Adam Sandler uh, in the crowd at SummerSlam when um no, when, Les, when Lesnar defeated uh, Cena in convincing fashion? No, he was in the crowd. He was there was a clip of him. Uh, he, was, he was like he had like tears in his eyes. Oh, oh John Cena lost a match. John Cena. Um, okay, poor uh, Adam Sandler. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this this is what my internal monologue sounds like. Okay. Everybody makes fun of me all the time. Uh, John Cena lost Screw the match. Oh, Screw you, Jimmy Fallon. Oh. Uh, uh, great. So, all right, um, we got our bits so out. three Adam Sandlers all got hit by a bus. <laughs> um, all right, uh, so let's uh, let's go around and rate this match. Let's rate it out of uh, uh, let's rate it one out of five. Definitely not Native American, Native American valet. Yeah, I don't yeah. know anything about what's her name, Miss Paula or something. Yeah, she Princess definitely. Paula? She was like the le- I've, I like I'm American Indian. I've seen. I was curious, is she Native American at all? I don't know I, about her. I just, I mean, based on based on appearance, no. Okay, <laughs> jo- Joey was like this cracker. No way. <laughs> I mean, a little bit. Sweeping generalization. I mean, like a little bit. I mean, she could be. But There's who knows? definitely a world where she could be. It's just like based on the outfit. Like the outfit looks like it was bought from like a costume store. Mm-hmm. I seriously doubt that. I mean. What tribe was she a part of? That just looked like a native We'd mishmash. Find out, I but that's know. often the complaint toward, you know, greater narrative mm-hmm. cultural stuff. It's not paying attention to details, guys. There's sure. like 500 tribes, and they're all different. They all have different like, things and stuff. But all anyway, fair points. I'm not going to yeah. argue that. But anyway, uh, I'm going to give this match three racist native caricatures. I'm on it. <laughs> well, I'm sad we're rating it on that level. Yeah. I'm also giving it a three. I... Just am simply reiterating and restating and and reaffirming all of the points that I made about the appreciation yeah. of the technicality. Well, yeah, um, and I thought it was uh, it was neat to see this style in a longer match. Yeah, and it's cool to see like oh, like I'm sure Jack Gallagher when he was first getting started was just like Johnny Saint clips. That's what I'm gonna watch. And like I said, I think it's cool to compare to what more of what we're seeing now, and, and that yeah. frankly that we're we're getting exposed to stuff that I really never dove much into, and I am curious to see where more of the style and where more of the British wrestling goes this year. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, Stephen, what do you think? Uh, yeah. I mean, I just want to say I don't like that this is perpetuating uh, Irish stereotypes that uh, we, we, we wear shamrocks on our legs and have mullets. Wait, are you Irish? I am. Oh, I don't know. How that. many times do you think Finley pinched Johnny Saint? You know, pinching that I just learned about in our Leprechaun episode? Uh, it was actually in no, our... No, it actually surprisingly uh, didn't come up in that episode. Yeah, it came up in our uh, Santa Slay episode. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Anyway, uh, yeah, I give this a one. It, it's just, it's hard for me to, like, appreciate that's, this. That's it, 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 there must be there must be a level to it that you guys see that I don't. And frankly, I just feel like this is kind of the the boring parts of wrestling, uh, wrestling happening. It's the it's what do you call it? Like rest holds. It feels like yeah, all rest holds. holds. Mm-hmm. Oh, and I, I can know see it's that. not. I, I'm sure it's not. But that, it's a lot but of it, that. But it just feels. I'm like. I mean, fuck's sake. Like, let's do some shit, guys. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, just so, like just so like fun. spear tackles. Like a match that's all spear tackles. That's I all wanna, I want. I want to. I want to see something happen. If it's gonna, you're gonna that's fair. Well, we better get Jeff Hardy to jump off the tallest thing we could find. I mean, Jeff Hardy, get up, get off of my roof <laughs> like, something 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 obsolete jesus christ that was a long, long fall. um okay yeah so uh well, sorry what was your rating again i was that's a hard one okay <clears throat> yeah um thank you so much nate blakely for um requesting that we watch this match via facebook yeah um i enjoyed it i think it opened up my eyes so yeah, for um, sure it was great all good suggestions yeah so, good um, suggestion. Thanks for our fans. We've been getting a lot of positive feedback from you guys. We figured, heck, let's read some of your comments on the air. Mm-hmm. Do it. Mm-hmm. At yeah. hyphen Smith tweeted at us, 
first two eps of at YSLW podcast had me laughing so hard that I wasn't as stabby about having to pick my husband up at the GD airport. Hashtag thanks. Always glad to make somebody not stabby. Also, at your friend dust. Wait, I want to talk about Hyphen Smith. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, please don't stab your husband. Or whatever. Very I mean, true. she or might do. have not been stabbing her husband. She might have been stabbing people at the airport. Don't stab me, bro. Yeah, that's. I can't. I think that legally we can't condone that on a podcast. No, we can't. But I'm. But that's the thing is we have stopped it. So yeah. we're the heroes. Yeah. So we're the heroes. Uh, so thanks so much, at Hyphen Smith. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You're, you're you're great. She uh, also. I think I believe she also tweeted at us like thanks for having uh, women guests. Uh, she she's did say particularly that. Particularly a fan of that. that. So like awesome. Yeah. yeah we're trying very to very first yeah. guest. We're trying well, to make sure we have. Yeah. Guest. We're trying to make sure we have all the you know all the points. Of views on wrestling so yeah yep. thank you for noticing that we're trying hard yeah, yeah, yeah. we know we know wrestling get fans yeah, we, and friends hit, all over sure, the, the map making baby. sure we hit all the points uh like skinny male comics in their 30s <laughs> we got a few of those. Like, skinny male comics in their 30s yeah. and plaid shirts yeah, yeah yeah hefty male comics in their 30s <laughs> all right guys at your friend dust tweeted at us yslw podcast revitalized my love for professional wrestling wow. and also cracked the tr- the trump 2016 campaign wide open cheers guys hashtag Hugger's gonna hug. Bailey. I mean, that's great. Yeah, Bailey's I mean, I, I think uh, we had that uh, uh, the 20s, the Trump uh, episode, which got covered in uh, AV, AV Club, Club. Uh, with Joan Ford. That was yeah, great. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, I guess clearly we're doing our job by revitalizing the love for wrestling. Yeah. Our our, our old friend Fuck Surge on Twitter yeah, uh, tweeted us to say. at us. He's always chatting at us. We like that guy. He's great. Uh, he said, uh, he said uh, as a fellow former Catholic school kid, I know Nick is lying about pinches. And this just came up, and I swear. Swear to swear to God, bro. I I swear I swear on my grave to Daniel O'Brien <laughs> that I swear to fuck, man. I didn't know about this. I did not know about this. All right, that's this, fine. This is a shoot. Yeah. Yeah. Uh one more time. Um if you want to uh if you want to pinch Nick, I don't know, tweet us Please hashtag don't. hashtag uh, pinching Nick or whatever. Yeah. There was a good I forgot what it was. I thought we had a good hashtag. Gl- it doesn't is matter. it hashtag Gliggers Gorvers? It, uh, also Gliggers Gorvers yeah. are out there. The Gorvers, yeah. Gorvers, where you at? These kids are out there Gorving. Uh at the W Revolution said a conversation between at the Tom Sibley and Pearlstein sounds like a must. That's Tom Sibley, host of uh, We Watch we Wrestling, wrestling yeah. with, uh, with Matt McCarthy, former guest yeah, of the show. We've, we've met Tom a couple times for in the past. Oh, we should reach out to him and we'll, see if he we'll wants to do it. Happens. Yeah, like he's been on my, oh, I should reach out to that guy list we'll for a while. Yeah. Maybe, Matt McCarthy's been on the show. Matt's wonderful. He's yeah. great. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the, see what happens. At the W Revolution. I'm going to do that. Today, I'm going <laughs> to you know send... What? Today, I'm going to send him a Facebook message. Yeah. I'm going to reach out and make that happen. Yeah. And it's because of you that that's moved up to my priority list. Yeah, because yeah. Yeah, we've seen him a couple times, so uh, maybe we'll get him in this time. Um, and I just got to give a special quick uh, shout out to the Cas Wheeler. Uh, he said that he tweeted at us to say he was the very first fan recommendation, and that gives him a guaranteed entry into the YSLW Podcast Hall of Fame, right? Hey. And you know what? It does. In terms of our, I mean, our user where, celebrity Hall of Fame listener win. Yeah. Okay, so yeah. uh, it's him and Fex, Fuck Surge. <laughs> and uh, yeah. I feel like there's one, uh, uh, Jonathan Flores. Oh, yeah. yeah. He's a name I see on Twitter all the time. All he the time. He retweets us, likes us a lot, yeah. So th- there, you guys are all in the Hall yeah, of Fame. Yeah, three of you are like, you guys should win the trio's champions. It's true. Chips. It's yeah. True. Uh, okay, so is there a world where we're coming up on our one year anniversary pretty soon? True. Could we like do a GoFundMe to like fly Kaz Wheeler out to be on the show. Sure. 
<laughs> I mean, I don't know why we'd do that. But okay, well, that's yeah, that's fine. Uh, Nick is upset. He's like, I got debt. I don't know. Hold on, no, hold on a second. You said I was thinking like about a GoFundMe or something. I only half heard you say that as I was looking at my phone, but I I heard GoFundMe. Uh, so the Kickstarter, or whatever. So that's fine. Mm. Yeah, as long as everybody else pays for anything, great. He's I mean, we it. could we could realistically like we could just get a plaque and like just get it engraved whenever we put something new in the Hall of Fame and then just oh, take pictures of it. F- now that'd be fun, but then we have to spend money on that. Yeah, then we. Have I mean, to that get would co- that would cost like thirty dollars. I would spend that. Mm. Yeah. We- We've spent hundreds of dollars on a wrestling belt. I think we can afford like twenty dollars to honor our fans. <laughs> we'll see what happens. Maybe we'll do a GoFundMe to start the GoFundMe. <laughs> I think that'll be the best option yeah. we got. These are all things I'm going to ask at the Tom Sibley when I send him a Facebook message. <laughs> Has anybody started a GoFundMe to change the website to GoFuckMe? Anybody's <laughs> ever done that? I'm that sure a, that's a website. Or is that the easiest joke to make? That's well, the we'll give you joke. 20, uh, GoFundMe. I'll, I'll give you twenty million dollars if you change your website name to GoFuckMe. <laughs> yeah, I got a GoFundMe to change GoFundMe to GoFuckMe, so. You want to go fuck me? Okay. Uh, great. So if you're a wrestling uh, fan, I, can't, I want to type in "go fuck me" and look at it. <laughs> you open up, just Stephen, open up an, a, an incognito window. Yeah, just to type in "go fuck me." Uh, you know what? It's all Jesus. Christ. <laughs> Holy fuck! Okay, no. I, uh, as soon as possible. Oh God! So uh, Stephen typed in www.gofuckme.com. Oh no! Did you really type in "go"? I fuck did. Me? I did. And now his computer. <laughs> That was legitimately like a virus. It really happened. All right, guys, oh. we're having a lot of fun here. Oh, um, the best. oh my god, that's amazing! Great, the best time. Um, wow, great. So, if you're a wrestling fan yeah, and you've got matches happen. or videos you want us to cover on the show, shoot us an email. You should love wrestling at gmail dot com or send us a tweet at YSLW Podcast. Yeah, yeah, we appreciate serious, that. We um. With we the lo- hashtag go fuck me. Yeah, uh, we love doing these requestlemanias. This is our fourth one. I'm sure we're going to do them uh, significantly more regularly in the future. They're a lot of fun. And like seeing your guys' matches and seeing what you want us to show, Steven, like, yeah. I wouldn't have shown Steven that Chikara clear the Mike Krakenbush clip if somebody didn't email us to suggest it. So if you've got them, feel free and shoot us an email or send us a tweet or yeah. find us on Facebook and send and us guys, Facebook messages. These episodes are great because me and, me and Joey learn stuff too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's fun. I just want to say, guys, since I know you guys want to send good matches or interesting matches, I want you to send the stuff that's fucked up, like the brawl all. We're never going to watch brawl it. For, brawl? Brawl, brawl for all. Well, we're going to get brawl. to it. We're going to get we've, to it. We've been talking about it for a billion episodes that we've recorded already, and we still can't seem to get it done. And it seems like a disaster. That sounds like fun to watch. Oh, it's like, a real. It's really fun to watch. It it's such fun. a disaster. The disasters are the it's most complete fun. complete shoot. So fans out there, if you have disasters, please send them to us. Send just us like that young hand birthing clip. Thank you yeah. for that. You want uh, to watch we want more. Sting Jeff Hardy Victory Road. You want us to watch that? Suggest it. And guys, please make sure to also send us those requests because after all, don't you want to be on our Hall of Fame plaque that we're gonna definitely gonna do? <laughs> I mean, I might do it. that because that would be pretty nuts if like every every person who requests a match that we pick, we get their name engraved on something hanging in our apartment. We just get like a nice yeah. little long thing and we'll yeah. hang it right, right here there in this little sliver Jesus. on Stephen's wall. This poor a list of I know. Yeah, all these random. I mean, yeah. I also it's it's not the plaque that's the cost; it's the engraving, and to repeatedly engrave it would be the big cost. Exactly. But it's just getting just like make it like real shitty. Oh but yeah. Like, I got but, a duct tape. but we would just like there's no we need to do it for real <laughs> we need to do it for do real we we no no we to. just get like little basically we're just getting nameplates like just like little small metal nameplates engraved with just their name and their match no like, i know that's the right. cost that that those would be expensive to c- repeatedly do uh, i'm confident on I'm that i'm willing to I'm, look into this i I've, I've looked into <laughs> similar things i know all right it's it's more than we want uh, so, anyway uh, it doesn't matter it's gonna happen so uh steven's spent this podcast trying to convince us to love or we're, we've spent this podcast trying to convince steven to love wrestling mm-hmm. now here's the part of the show where steven tries to convince us to love something um this is another uh fan you should love uh from a, a great fan that we have 
Um, oh boy, I'm sorry. I'm trying to start this up. Uh, this is a video clip that comes in that we want you guys to all love. Uh, this is take take me or leave me from Rent. Uh, it's a song, I believe, in the second act. Did of- you just say this is from Rent? Yeah, Rent. get this the fuck out of here, Stephen. What? What's wrong? I don't like Rent. Okay, well, I just we're supposed to watch it because yeah. a fan Nick, suggested that Nick, we Nick love very it. opinionated about sexually transmitted <laughs> diseases in New well, York in the nineties. I'm, I'm, I'm pro them. Yeah, uh, I just want you to love it. Our, okay. our fan Jessica R uh, said that. Oh, we for love- Christ's sake! <laughs> really? Yeah. Yeah, your girlfriend, Jessica Rose. I know she sends you like, hey, you know what Nick would hate? I know she does this on a regular basis. Turn this off. This uh, all right. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But yeah. I just that's what you should love, according oh. to Jessica Rose Felix, is uh, anything from Rent. And I chose maybe the most obnoxious song from it. Take me or leave me. Ugh. Yeah, I'll give that a five. Yeah, also a five. I used to really like Rent when I was in high school. I'm not going to lie. I just don't um, I just don't like musicals, flat out. I know they're not my thing. That's I wasn't fine. a big Rent fan. I mean, I just haven't like listened to it or watched it. Um, uh, you know, Les Miserables, I really love. Um, I love, like, West Side Story is great. Um, yeah, you know, uh, there's some I'm, good ones. Yeah, like, I'm a big West Side Story is okay. I'm not a huge musical person, but I appreciate them. Did you guys like La La Land, the most divisive film of the year? Uh, I didn't see it. I it know was, I won't. It was awful. I loved yeah, it. Yeah, I know I won't like that. It was awful. I loved it. Uh, you should see The Book of Mormon, Nick. I think you'd like I it. Pro- I probably would like Book that of one's Mormon. Like, I love South Park. I love this guy. legitimately little, one of the funniest things I've ever seen. Little Shop of Horrors with Rick Moranis. I think you'd like that, too. It's yeah, that's okay. pretty good. It's okay. I've seen it. It's all right. It, I, that one doesn't, I feel like it doesn't age like we want it to. Mm-hmm. If I'm being, yeah, I don't know. Great musicals and rant. Thanks, Jessica uh, yeah, Rose yeah. Felix. We appreciate your stewardship. I can't <laughs> believe that Jessica will not. She hasn't listened to this show. She keeps promising she's going to listen to our best of 2016 episode. Yeah. She said that was the one she'd listen to. You, I don't even think she's done wait, that you, yet. Wait, you beg your girlfriend to listen to our I show? Just, I, we've had this discussion, and so I give her a hard time. I'm like, you know what? You should at least listen to one episode. Yeah, you should. So you know if you hate it or not. Thanks for listening, Jessica. And she <laughs> sends this. She got all the time in the world to send this crap. You know what? You're, you're breaking up with her. Yeah, we're going to have a very stern talk where I am going to relent because that's what happened. I, li- I like how you started with, you know what? And then you're like making a tough statement and you realize I don't have a tough statement to make. I'm not going anywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, oh, I don't that, want this to be called, a thing. That's called perfectly timed comedy, Stephen. Ooh, fun. That's really good. I want to learn you. more about that. Thank so, you. Stephen, we've been asked a lot of questions on this episode and we've mm. asked a lot of questions. But there's a very important question that I think that we should all ask right now. Oh, Stephen. Nick, do you want to take this? <laughs> Steven, comma, Nick, do you want to take this? <laughs> Let me tell you something, Joey. I do. Thank you. Steven. Oh, fuck yeah. Do you love wrestling? Mm. Well, I gave everything a one. Mm-hmm. And all the fans are great, and I like yeah. that. Okay. Hey, you love our fans. Oh, he's building. I, he's building. Fans. I mean, if I, think, if I think long and hard about this, yeah, I definitely. don't love wrestling. No, I don't. Okay, no, doesn't okay. Love no I right. don't. Sorry, no. Well, guys, thanks. This has been Requestlemania 4, the granddaddy of them all. Please keep sending in your requests, and maybe you'll get on the plaque. <laughs> yeah, that we will make. <laughs> Thanks for listening. If you want to reach out to us on Twitter, you can find us at YSLW Podcast. Or if you have match suggestions or questions, shoot us an email at you should love wrestling at gmail.com. Joey, where can we find you on social media? You can find me on Twitter at Joey Tainman. And you can listen to my other podcast, 25 Minutes of Silence, which is a podcast where guests and I sit in silence for 25 minutes, also on Boardwalk Audio. Nick, where can we find you on social media? Oh, guys, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Nick Gligger, G L I G O R. What about you, Stephen? You can find me all across the internet at 
Perlstein. Be sure and like, subscribe, and give us a review on iTunes. Give us that five-star rating. Write some nice comments. Maybe we'll read them on the air. Thanks for listening to You Should Love Wrestling. Guys, we will catch you next time. Audio podcast. For more information and shows, visit boardwalkaudio.com. Don't forget to rate and subscribe now.